powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios in Azle, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 137. Tonight, it's the end of an era for Alec Bradley, but the start of a new era. We'll look back at some of the history of the company, and along the way, we're going to make our Mount Rushmore cigar predictions from Alec Bradley. And as always, the prime, prime excuse me, primetime special edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco, has been carefully hand selected, and a well aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers. A smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly claimed Scott brands include Perdomo State Selection Vintage, Perdomo Double H 12 Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Aids, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Mensa 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars, Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Carajo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Carajo back to the market. With over 50 years of experience in the tobacco business, from growing curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carajo. Now with J.R.E. Tobacco, Hunas and Husto have brought their very own brand to market, and each contain that out that they cut a whole leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, Aladino Classic, each representing that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for J.R.E. Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And want to mention Tabacalera USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco already say, great things are happening here. And finally, Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars MED1 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the untarded, deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield. Sweet Amber to Stillings, Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The All Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is a rich and powerful but beautifully balanced cigar offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebration and times of reflection. You can find these at your local Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome everybody. This is Primetime Episode 137. Today is Pi Day. 
November, excuse me, March 14th, 2023. It's Will Cooper. I'm in the Pedro Scott Studios here on the Black Stage. And I am joined by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Bear to Pussy. Uh, good evening, Coop. It's such a great, uh, great evening for uh, a podcast. Good evening for a show. Good, uh, good times. Noodle salad. Uh, yeah, no. I'm, and pie. I'm, Apparently pie. We're and pie, pie, yeah. And pie. You know, as excited, we haven't done a show in about a month. I mean, because I've been traveling. You've been doing a lot as well. Um, but we're doing a show tonight. But I'm, I'm really more excited that we're all the, the coalitions getting together in Florida this weekend. Uh, yeah, it should be a blast. It, it, it should be a blast. And, and I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, we when we get together, we're at PCA. And it's we're actually, like, burnt out and we're just working. This is going to be a lot more. I think we're really going to have a chance to chill and stuff, and I think it's going to be a lot more fun. So I'll, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, it'll be. A, it should be a really good time. Uh, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed my uh, my first experience with the Great Smoke last year. Uh, the fact that I get to hang out with, uh, uh, in addition to you, I get to hang out with Ben and Aaron. Uh, yeah. Will be a really good time and see some good folks down there. Hopefully, we'll see Bo. Um, yeah, um, but to hung out last year, last year, so it was good stuff. Sean yeah, Miles will be there too. Sean Miles is already there. Sean Miles yeah. is already in town. Wow, Bo meets in Miami on Friday too, by the way. So uh, stay stay tuned on that. Um, so we'll definitely be seeing Bo. You know, it, it wasn't a good great smoke for me for a lot of reasons last year, personal, unfortunately. So I am really looking forward this year to enjoying the great smoke. I didn't, you know, I had I had things. You know, that was a whole thing with my dad last year. Um, and that's when it all began that you, you in the parking lot that day. Um, yeah. and, uh, so I am really looking forward to just really enjoying myself this year at the great smoke. I, I can't tell you how much. So, and to have it among having you guys there, uh, is, 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 is wonderful. I just, I'm so excited about this. It's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a yeah. good time. And I'm really excited about, um, I love Mardi Gras. I mean, this is like if, if Ben was ever going to tr- attend a, a great smoke, this is this the, is the one he needs to attend. Is he one. is the ultimate. I mean, Ben is Mardi Gras as far as I'm yes. concerned. Yes, Ben Ben is New Orleans, and New Orleans is Ben Lee. That's just yeah, the way it is. yeah. You know, I found a good gumbo place last night in Greenville, South Carolina. So, but ultimately, there's only one person who I can say can bless it is Ben. So I make if right. Ben goes there if, and, and he's got to give that, he's got to bless it as good. So, um, no question about that. Um, so I'm excited. This, this is so awesome. We're going to get to see each other this weekend again. And then, uh, um, all, all good here. So, uh, um, so we have a, we have a really good show tonight, bear. Um, mm-hmm. we certainly do. And, uh, you know, we haven't done a Mount Rushmore. I'm saying this is the fifth Mount Rushmore we've done. Um, but we haven't done a Mount Rushmore in a year and a half. So it's been a while. Um, Gosh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It has been. It has been. I knew it was I knew it was over a year. I couldn't believe it's been almost two years. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So I had a few in my mind that I wanted to do since like December. And I gave you a couple. And one of them was what we're doing tonight is Alec Bradley. I had a feeling we were going to go with Alec Bradley tonight. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think well, actually, I initially like my gut reaction was to go a different direction. And then I was like, wait, wait, man. We, yeah, we need to, we need to honor the, <laughs> honor the era. 
Yeah. And, and when I say the end of an era, it's not like, hey, there's I think there's a new beginning that's going to be exciting, too. And it I is a new we'll, beginning. It is a yeah. new beginning. Yeah. So and we'll talk about that. We'll we'll, we'll talk about we're going to talk about that. And we and then uh, we'll get into our Mount Rushmore picks as well, which I am very, very excited about um, tonight. I, I actually wonder if we're going to have the same. I really wonder if we're going to have the same four. I actually wonder this. It's it's pretty possible. Like I think there's 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 one wild card. I think there's one I think, wild. I think that I think is the elephant in the room. And I honestly kind of I I and I'll we'll talk about this in a second because I had it in a certain spot. I moved it off, and I'm I might regret it, but I kind of don't at the same time because I have a reason for it. So yeah. we'll get so, into it. No, no problem. So Jay Davis and I were talking today, and he guessed all four of mine. By the way, um, now there was. Again, there's one that we think could be a wild card that you may pick, right? And it was funny. I said, I hope Bear doesn't pick this cigar, right? <laughs> and, Thanks, man. And then he gave me a whole sp- – if you do pick this cigar – and I'll tell you what it is after if you don't pick it, right? But but, okay. but he actually gave me a really – convinced me, no, that's a really good pick, and here's why. So we'll, you know, we'll save the suspense. I'm just curious if you pick this one cigar. Um, or not. Now the fucking pressure's on, man. Like that's no, there's, no, there's, no <laughs> there's no pressure. There's no pressure. Um, like I said, I think there's one wild card. I think that's the thing. And uh, but the other thing that we do, it's unique. And Bear came up with this concept: is we map this to the presidents on Mount Rushmore. So it's not just that we pick yeah. four cigars. We map each of these cigars to something. Pair it with the president. Yeah. Whatever. So, so, so Oliver's getting like an entire show. I mean, Oliver's getting an entire. Oh, I mean, oh, usually man. people pay that kind of double for that kind of action. Yeah. You know? Oh man, did I pull? <laughs> did I pull the big guns out for tonight's presidential trivia with Bear? Uh, I pulled the. If he gets this one, man, he is he's at another level. I'm excited about this question tonight. I just think they're gonna like progressively get like harder and harder, or like trickier, trickier, or like I psych myself out. <laughs> no, I mean, you've got, I mean, I have thrown everything with the kitchen sink at you. So, um, and you know, what's funny. We uh, got lucky the, a couple times though. No, I yeah. Think. The, the other one that's funny is we do the, um, you know, we tried it out here, but we actually do it on a Thursday. It's a ties that bind question. And I usually make it really tough, right? Like you got to come up with something common with these things. I threw a softball out on out on Thursday night, uh, the Rob Dietrich. And he didn't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, but he actually came up with another answer that was really good. So I got to say there's okay. some cr- creativity with that. All right. But anyway, I'm going to light up tonight the Outbreak Prensado. This is the uh, the limited edition Bellicoso, the Grand Bellicoso. You love, yeah, you love that cigar, man. I love this cigar. Box press, box press Bellicoso um, and uh, was gifted these personally by Alan Rubin. So the real oh. Alan Rubin, the real oh, Alan. Bring, bring out the, yeah, speaking of bringing out the big guns. Good job. Well, I mean, would the fake Alan Rubin have given me a cigar? Well, I wasn't I wasn't throwing anyone under the bus. I was saying simply like, hey, yeah, well, Alan Rubin, real or fake, did not give me any of these cigars. But I'm well, no, that's not true. He kind of did by proxy. We'll, we'll talk about it here. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. So, um, so, so Bear, yeah. I'm, I'm picking what you're smoking tonight. I would appreciate it if you don't. Absolutely. Do. I'd be honored. Yep. So um, I have, uh, you know. I'm sitting here in the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Basil, Texas. And I had um, so I had some leftover choices from when I had a conversation with Alan, which we're going to be talking about here. We are going to talk about uh, that conversation. <laughs> um, but um, 
I also added I added another one uh, just because it's you, Coop. So let's start with that one. So here's <laughs> here's a, here are your choices. I have the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi, the Corona size. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The second best Vitola in the line, by the way, the Robusta is the best. Um, the Alec uh, Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf Grand Corona. Almost went with that tonight. Almost went with that one tonight. I have an Alec and Bradley Wagyu Yu. 50th right. anniversary of JR Cigars, mm-hmm. special edition. And of course, of course, of course, the Alec and Bradley Mundial number five. Okay. Oh, that's a tough one. This is four, four really so good two, two, So two Alec and Bradleys, two Alec Bradleys. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, uh, you know what? Wait, I hate. I know you like the Mundial, right? Love do you the want? Mundial. If you want, I mean, I'm gonna. Do you mind going with the Mundial? Do I mind? No. Okay. Is that your pick? Final answer. That, that's my final answer. Fuck yes. Let's it's, do it. I mean, uh, you know, another bonding moment that I think that we've had over cigars, and sometimes when we disagree, Bear, we disagree a lot, but there's a lot we agree on, and I can tell you that. You and I agree on that Mundial. I mean, fucking love this cigar. Holy shit, dude! I mean, it's Mount Rushmore. So it could be a Mount Rushmore contender tonight. It, it 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 is one of you know. I have to put that cigar on the unsolved mysteries list. On how I mean, I know why it was discontinued. If it's not selling, it's not. It's but that cigar is a great cigar. The blend is fantastic. It's like the Cardinal by E.P. Girl. I mean. It's fan- yeah. the shape is fantastic. Now, the yes. shape is fantastic. Is that inverse? I love an inverse torpedo. Yeah, the Punta Lanza. Punta Lanza. Yeah, and look, I think it's better in the smaller sizes. I think that's you know, in this case, I have a number four here. This is just the number five. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. A five is fine. But uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with that tonight. So uh, very excited. Uh, very excited for you to light up a mundial. Um. But I think four important cigars, and we'll get into it, I think, tonight. I think they all have a very important place in uh, Alec Bradley history. Um, except the Wagyu. Well, the Wagyu is important. The Wagyu is important uh, because that was a JR 50th. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Like, I think they have, they have different significance. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was a big – and I'll say it, it was a big thing for those two – uh, boys to get in that series because I mean they're in with some some really heavy hitters and uh, they were able to put that wagyu out there so that's the one I haven't smoked so that's one cigar I haven't smoked oh yeah but I, I have it I do have it yeah I think you might have given me one or someone gave me one I did I, I yes. sent you one yes that's why I haven't that's why I was being coy yeah um cool well yeah right. but but usually when I like to try something the first time I I prefer to have it like um one of my yakking on a show because then I, I you know I want to try to get most out of it um but it was but yeah no it's good uh so I guess if you were under a rock um you have you haven't heard um Alec Bradley has sold the STG um, yeah, that's that, that confirmed. That is confirmed. That, I read, I read that, is confirmed. that is confirmed. Yes, it was confirmed. I look. I, I think we were second with the story, 
And the only reason why we were second is because I was in a Manuel Casada blending seminar when this news came over. And basically, Manuel said, hey, everyone want to take a break? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And literally, I just cut and pasted the press release, which I never, you know, I never do that, but I did it. Um, so, and it was, so I was down in the Dominican Republic when this happened. Bear, where were you when this news broke? Um, I'll tell you, because he's. You sent me the text message. Yeah, I sent it. I sent it to you guys. Um, I think right after I cut and pasted it, literally. And I normally don't cut and paste, but this one. And I'm gonna get into a little of the cut and pasting why it was important in a minute. Oh, I was in. I was in a work meeting. Okay. So, so you were in a work meeting, yeah. And I was, I was like, you know, I was in a Manuel Casada blending seminar. Um, what was interesting about this announcement was apparently there were two press releases that were sent. So there was one from General slash Ford's, and there was one from STG. And if you didn't get, and I got the one from STG, which had the price in it. Um, in terms of the general one, it didn't have the price, the sale price in it. And there was a very prominent member of the cigar media, very prominent member of the print cigar media, I'll just say, that was like, asked me, how the heck did I get this press? How did I get this price? And, um, and I'm going to protect this person's name just because I don't want to embarrass them. And I said, basically, I got the STG press release and this person had gotten the, um, the general one so it's not what yeah yeah there were actually two that went out so that's how i had the price so kind of an interesting thing at all to say the least well technically so i i think that's i think that's easily explainable for people who have at least a, a passive understanding of business so forge is a subsidiary of stg right yeah. mm-hmm. so stg's press release was for a more global audience Correct. Uh, they have fiduciary responsibility. They have a board of directors. They have, you know, stockholders. That information needs to be disclosed to a certain extent. Yep. Yep. For Forge doesn't have that duty or obligation. Yep. So, um, but what's interesting? What's interesting about this? Like that? Okay. So let's just say that that was a good explanation. It's kind of tough talking halfway out of my ass if I'm going to be honest, but, but let's just say that that's the, that's the truth. What's interesting about that is when back in June of 22, when STG required acquired the room one one cigar brands, that was not disclosed. Well, because it wasn't the company acquisition. That's why. Room 101, it was a brand acquisition. Matt Booth still has a Room 101 company. It's just now it deals with jewelry. And spirits. You saw some yeah, spirits. and spirits and gin, right. So they acquired yes. the cigar brands from him. And he did, look, he got a check from it. But it, it look, they didn't even report, like this, the STG side didn't even report the Room 101 acquisition. It was a much, it was a much smaller potatoes deal. I mean, I'm not trying to do sure. this matter or anything like that. But the, yeah, that was not a company. 
the, you know, there's not a lot of, in the cigar industry, we hear of these acquisitions. There's very few that are company-wide acquisitions. The ones I can think of that actually where the company was acquired was Swisher acquires Drew Estate. Mm-hmm. Jay Cortez acquires Oliva. Oliva. Yeah. And STG acquires Agio were the, were the big ones. But like Taranio really wasn't a, you know, it was a brand acquisition. Um, well, they didn't have any infrastructure. They didn't have factories and, and things well, like that. They just had, they just had in, they had right. overhead inventory. Right. But, but, the, but the did of, Royal Agio, did they require everything? Like, yeah, I believe like, so. They acquired the, lock, stock and barrel like Alec Bradley. Yeah. They acquired the, that factory they had. I know that. Um, oh, wow. And I think um, Jose Maragotos, Francisco, excuse me, Francisco. I forget his name. I'm, I'm using the wrong name. Jose Maragotos. Francisco. Of, that's Villager. Yeah, Francisco. Uh, what's his last name? He he went to General. Like right. In the acquisition. Yeah, he went there. But, you know, this is like you're acquiring, you're actually acquiring physical assets. So you're acquiring, you know, there's assumption of debt and things like that that happened with Alec Bradley. There's, you know, personnel, um, you know, obscuring system, you know, like sales system and all. So this was like lock, stock and barrel. They sold the company. But that's why Room 101, they didn't disclose. They didn't have to disclose the price there because it wasn't a company acquisition. So like the SEC don't have to get involved with that. They just transferred. They just bought some brands off them, and they pretty much got licensed. It was, <laughs> it was pretty so much. They got. Would you, so would you? Let, let's let's compare this. Let's 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 break this down to a smaller scale. And if this is boring, people, I'm sorry, but this is a little fascinating. No, it's okay. So, like, let's say, for example, uh, is it okay? Is it compared to this? If I went into if I went into Corona Cigar. And I said, Jeff, I'm going to buy all your stores, including your new Sarasota one. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy all your stores, all the inventory, everything. That's a that's that's equivalent to the Alec Bradley acquisition. Is that correct? Correct. I would say that was yeah. I'm buying okay. your stores. I'm buying your point of sale system. Uh, yeah. But if I said your employees, yeah. Jeff, I'm going to buy the. Um. I'm going to buy the FSG brand, Florida Sun Grown brand. That's equivalent to the Room 101 acquisition. Is that correct? Um, depends how you look at that. Let me let me put a different example in there because FSG may be a company in itself. That's why I'm like, so um the Angel, the Army Angels brand. Okay. Let's just use that. I, I, so if you went in there and say I'm buying the Army of Angels brand, that would be the equivalent. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's a huge scaling. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you would just say, "Hey, I want to buy the name FSG and sell the cigars that you already made," and then I could say FSG. But that's a little more complicated because then does the farm come with that? That's why I made it simpler. Army yeah. No. Angels. Yeah. I, I thought about that as soon as I said something. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, but that's the scale, like me acquiring four stores, all the inventory, all the branding, all the, you know, all the brands, including Army of Angels, all of that. Yeah. Versus, hey, I'm going to buy Army of Angels from you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's quite the, that's quite the difference. Yep. No, that's exactly. But like you said, that's not, that's not to, that's not to, I think that's just more of a different. Um, business strategy too, like because that again that that makes it sound like Matt's small potatoes, and 
comparatively yeah. speaking, his cigar operation is, and that's not that's not a knock. It's just reality. But it's even smaller because he's saying, "No, I'm actually keeping the brand, just not in this arena any longer." It's yeah, yours. yeah. I uh, cool. yeah. I mean, so you know, when you go back to when Tarano sold, okay. Um, pretty much general bought the, bought the trademarks and the inventory is what they did. But like none of the employees went to, to STJ because it wasn't a company acquisition. Right. So they didn't have to take any of the employees. Now with Alec Bradley, as far as I know, the teams are all still there at least for 90 days and they're going through a transition period. So a little different again. Now it doesn't mean you know. I don't. I don't want to speculate on jobs because that's not fair. Do we um, have con- like there was circling information that? Do we have confirmation? Is it confirmed that 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 the I guess the the three figureheads, Alan, Alec, and Bradley are staying on? We know that Alan's coming on as a consultant. We know Alec and Bradley were offered jobs, uh, but they offered are in jobs. The, yeah, but we don't. It's not confirmed whether they're. Taking it's not confirmed, them. but they're in a transition period where we're kind of right now. They're, they're operating as is for ninety days, right? Uh, and that's till the transfer. It's called Look, transfer trade happens. Listen, Alec, Alan, Bradley, if you're listening, since it's just business as is, and it's like technically not your company anymore, if you guys just want to bring back the Mundial or just you know ship the rest of my house. It's totally fine. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, and just and putting it out there. Look, I'm putting it out there. And if they don't, Justin, here's something. That, Justin Andrews, here's a chance to do something good. Bring the Mundial back for Bear. Just for me. Just Yeah, I mean, this is a chance for you, Justin, to redeem yourself. For I, all gave the him, I gave him number two cigar of the year. I gave him and, number and two. Still, and, and, and he can he can give me the Mundial. I think I think that's a fair trade. Look, he's going to make more money off the Mundial than I am. Actually, I'm going to spend money. So. He's going to make more money off of me. I look. I think this is a fair trade. I don't think I'm asking too much here. I don't think you're asking too much either. I mean, well, I mean, look what he did to Ben. Though he took away, he took away Balmoral from Ben. Yeah, but, but that, we don't. We, but we don't. At talk least about Mundial's already was already off the table. You can't blame Justin for that one. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming. No, not at all. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it's just one of the. And I remember, I remember uh, the interview uh, interview that you had. Um, that you actually had with Alan, you and Aaron had with Alan, because uh, I know we've interviewed him in the past. And, yep, and you, you know, have. I've had, him, I've had him on my show a couple of times, but then it was like one where you talked about, you guys were talking about like Coil and Nika Pira and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it has nothing to do with the cigar and how good it is. In fact, it, it doesn't even, he actually said something really interesting. It's not that they were performing poorly, but it's all relative, right? Like okay. if it if it performs poorly in the sense of the the entire portfolio, you kind of have to list like you have to kind of see where you're putting effort and resources, right? Like right. for for example, like Steve Saka, you know he he hasn't did he's you know for a time he's kind of pulled Totus Lastius back, you know off, you know, but it's because of you know he's a smaller entity and he'd read the resources, some of the tobacco that goes in Totus Lastius. He's going to use in his monster right now his whale, which is brulee. So yeah, that's a that's a business. It's not that Totus Celestius is a poor cigar or even performed poorly. No. No. Um, it was no, just about putting resources in the right place. 
I just had this discussion right in the green room right before the show. People heard me talking about the TA cigars. Now, Cigar Coop had a 29% increase in web traffic last year. However, the TA cigars relative to some of the other reviews are not getting the numbers, right? So I have to always look at things. Do I, you know, I want to keep maximizing the numbers. I want to put reviews out that people are interested in. If they're not interested in the TA reviews, then yeah, and then I think this is the same. It's kind of a similar thing, you know. Not everything can be just a, a grand slam home run in terms of sales and stuff. And uh doesn't mean the cigars aren't good, doesn't mean they don't have their following. So uh, you know, put it on the side. Maybe you bring bring Mundial back at some point. Mm-hmm. I, please don't change the packaging on Mundial either. By the way, I think Mundial was the first blue band cigar that kind of really popped. Too. I think it was that was like the first blue band one I saw that was just n- outstanding. Yeah, I think it just it 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 is a fantastic cigar. This cigar is old. So like yeah. uh, we said we we're going to talk about this. So Alan technically sent me this to but Bradley was actually the one who sent these to me. Uh, okay. It was right it was right after they announced um uh, they announced that they were discontinuing them. And I said, man, where can I, where can I get some? I will buy them, whatever. And very kind. He sent me some, he sent me some from the vault. Yeah. And uh, that's nice. um, Yeah. They've done a few things for me like that too, in the past. Very kind. It's, this is old. I mean, this is, this is at least, this is at least seven years old and it's, it has still got some punch, man. That was the thing about the Mundial, man, is that it really had it really had a beautiful, beautiful spice yeah. component. And it was it was this is not a this is not a wimp cigar. This is not a light cigar by any stretch. It's yeah. got a lot of pop. No, no, definitely not. We were at the beginning of the year. I'm about to give Alec Bradley the number one cigar of the year. I didn't tell anyone that it was the number one cigar of the year, okay. which was the fine and rare. Yes. And you start to hear noise. And this Alec Bradley's being acquired by SDG thing started getting a lot of noise. When I start hearing it from multiple people, there's either truth to it or it's a really good rumor that's taking on a life of its own like that. But there was so Bear, you actually had the last interview with Alan Rubin, I believe. I did. And I'm I'm gonna say it. I went to Bear a few days before that. I said, Bear, this is what I'm hearing. Did I ever did it or not? Yeah, you did. I did. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you're gonna get anything out of this, if, if there's anything that's coming out, of you, and obviously Bear couldn't ask him this question. There's there's no way. I mean, I was but I was just looking. I was looking for any hint in that interview that something was going on. And I couldn't get one hit. Alan played the game of poker as well as anybody that night. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. It I was mean, a great interview. It was a great interview. Don't get me wrong. In, in fairness, though, like we don't know what stage. We were, yeah, in. we don't know. Like, we don't. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, granted, this thing didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like, you know. It, it didn't happen overnight, so I'm, I, obviously it was in the works at this point, and he, and he, you know, was obviously in the know about it. I mean, I'd be shocked if it, if, it, if it, it had, but, a, yeah, it had to be, yeah, yeah. But you know, we don't know where it was in terms of stage or anything like that. But no, he, no, he played it really cool. I, the one thing I will say, like looking back and listening to it, um, 
a little bit more with like third and fourth eyes too is I, I mean it was pretty evident that night um but in a different regard um but he was very he was very grateful um for the time he's very grateful for the conversation he's always very gracious but what i i you know what was very clear and evident that he, he was it was it was a swan song for him yeah and at the time it was like this isn't like me saying goodbye and i'm selling the company this is like it's the boys company now and he said that to me pre-show and he said that to during the show too he's like like he kind of joked around with me before the show i think it's okay to say no it was just kind of funny uh at the time he's like he's like bear if it, if it wasn't you buddy i wouldn't be up this late <laughs> and he's like only for you man uh and i and it was it was very humbling uh because i i believe him i believe he meant it. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something it would have been very easy for him to cancel that interview mm-hmm. and some other people in the industry might have done that and it's the class that this man exhibited to do that interview, right? And I'm sure he's like, you know, I'm sure something was going on at that. But we, again, we don't know how deep it was in there. Uh, but let's assume it could have been deeper, right? Because, you know, these, this is a $72.5 million sale that happened like six weeks later, okay? So, uh, you know, I, I, I give... I give him a lot of credit for doing that. And it says a lot for you. Um, I've interviewed Alan three times in my career, once with you, twice with Aaron. And I was never more nervous about doing an Alan Rubin interview than that first one I did there. I was a wreck, you know, and I get, you know, sometimes I get nervous. Yeah. Loomis will tell you, I was very nervous because Alan Rubin hadn't interviewed, done any interviews with the online media before. Mm -hmm. So this was a new thing. And I didn't know, you know, Alan seemed like he was part of that old guard, right? Um, and he couldn't have been nicer that night. And and it was again, I think it's one of the one of the top five interviews I've done with him. I I got him upset in the third interview because I asked him about Lars Stevens. <laughs> I threw an audible at him on that one. He he wasn't too happy with that, but he handled it really well. So um, I don't I don't think he was upset. I think he just was like I, it, it was no, like... I should have well. This was my fault. I pulled an audible. I think I should have at least put that because I did give him a, a run of show. So I pulled an audible, and that was my. Oh, I, mean, I take okay. the blame on that. Yeah, and I apologized. Because it just came to me. me. It, it's just it, something that came to me. Yeah. Was it the was it was the one I did with you? Right. No, it was the one Loomis did. We oh, okay. did, when we, yes, we asked him that in the interview we did. But remember when that was different. Yeah, they that was new. Still like trying. Yeah, they were yeah. still trying to figure that out. What was going to happen? Now, like a year had passed, right? I'm like, well, yeah, what happened to Lars Teton? <laughs> uh, but but he didn't write me off or anything, Alan. Um, and, and I look, I was blown away during the interview you did because Alan told the story about when I w- went in the office and was probing him about the fine and rare. And yeah. that was a, he told 100% truth. He was like, Coop was asking me a lot of questions about my thoughts on this cigar versus the previous fine and rare. And, and he, and he was, I think he suspect like the way the questions were going, he knew I really liked it is like, that's mm-hmm. exactly, he, I don't. Yeah. So, um, I was just honored. He even thought of that, you know, that night. Look, we, we had our, I had my 244th take on Sunday. I had Howard gums on and this is my second time interviewing him and it was a great show. Uh, yeah. Howard's fantastic. Howard's awesome, man. Love, love that man. Um, I've I've had so I've yeah, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of people and I've had some amazing conversations um and 
I'll tell you what the and I, and I said this, I said, I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers and makes it sound, but like, I've had some amazing conversations. My two conversations with Alan are my, my, my two favorite takes. Oh, I like, know you. Yes. And I know that first one you did, you've told me this like many, many, this is the, like, and it was, it was one of those bear moments. Like, and, and I always say bear gets into the human side of the cigar industry better than anybody. And you got into the human side that night with Alan so well. Well, there were just so many, there were so many times, like I'd read so many interviews with him. He, you know, he did that incredible piece, you know, with, with Savona when, you know, he basically demanded an interview, which yeah. was just unbelievable. Um, and fell on the sword and told his story. And I was like, there's, I, there's so many questions I want to ask this man. There's so many things I want to ask beyond this. Like, like how did that impact your relationship? with your family? Like, how did that impact your relationship with your employees? Like you, you know, you owned it. Like you, he, like he didn't, he didn't throw anyone under the bus. It was all about himself, you know, and he, he owned it completely. And I mean, it was, it was about the closest, it was about one of the closest things I've ever seen to just pure, genuine and sincere leadership. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a masterclass in leadership, if you will. Yeah. Um, and there were just so many things that I wanted to ask that I would have asked if I was Dave Savona. Maybe he did. He just didn't print yeah. it. Oh, I know. But, I know. Yeah, it, it was. And I got it, to ask him. That yeah, was cool. It, it, it was really cool because, you know, we interviewed him the first time we talked about that. But you, you kind of got you kind of went to the next level with that in your interview. Right. With him where I'm like, and that's where that human side comes in. And, you know, we went through, we recollected the story with, with Alan. And I think we did a nice job, Aaron and I. But, but Bear gets into the whole human side of this thing. And all I'm going to say is go watch that interview, um, that first interview. It, it, you're in for a real treat. And, okay, it thought that that's, I think, only Bear, you could have done that. I mean, I'm, I'm really giving you your due on that. That was, and it was a great show. I agree. That was one of the best interviews you ever did. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, it was, it was absolutely the, it was, it's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, it, I achieved everything I can like, there wasn't a moment like a shit. I should have asked that or like, yeah. man, we didn't get to this. It was everything. Yeah. It was everything. He gave me three hours that first time he gave me nearly three hours. The second yeah. time it was just, it just yeah. great. It was great stuff. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a gentleman, uh, a scholar. Um, yeah. I have, I have so many, I have so much respect for that man. Uh, and yes, it's like, it's easy for you know. It might seem easy for me to say that when you think when you look at the name that's behind me, but no. Um, no. And by the way, the studio will stay the rest of the year. Just you know, unless unless STG changes it, you will have that. There'll be an Alec Bradley studio, and hopefully it continues. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the STG's call. But yeah, but he, um, but he is, and um, um, I will say this, Coop, that that. Um, the the industry is going to miss him for a lot of reasons um you know and, and he's not going anywhere he's a consultant now but um you know there have been many 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 fine champions of this industry over the last few years with yep. all this with all the struggles and all the troubles right. and all the action and everything like that and um he has been one of the unsung heroes of the industry. Um, Jay Davis reminded me of that today too, when Jay Davis and I were talking. And that's that's yeah. that's Jay, probably the pre, mm -hmm. that's probably the thing that's going to impact the industry the most. It's it's not that Alec Bradley's going to change because it will, right? Right. It's not that you know he's no longer the head because he isn't. 
Um, he, you know, if he chooses a, a life of retirement, which he's certainly entitled to, he's had an incredible career. Um, and it certainly seemed that way from my last conversation with him that he was, you know, he was in it for the fun now, you know, he was enjoying yeah. it. Uh, but um, that that's the part I think I'm going to miss the most is just what a, he had an unrelenting drive, desire, and work ethic when it came to this industry and not just Alec Bradley cigars. And that's, that's the thing I'm going to miss the most um, because he had a way about him of recruiting and speaking for uh, his fellow manufacturers um, that, I, I mean, you put it right up there with like Carlito Fuente, you know, yeah, I mean, we gave him person of the year one year because of I think those all those reasons that you know we looked at, yes. you know how he just conducted himself with the industry. In our conversation, Jay and I today, you know, you know, Alan Rubin has a number one cigar of the year, the Prensado. Yes. He, I guess I'll just say I don't know how else to say it, but I'll just say it. he's the only non-Hispanic to get a number one cigar. It's true. Unless we count, I mean, unless we count Ralph. I mean, unless we count Ralph, but it was still, you know, it's that is a big accomplishment. Um, I don't care how you look at that. That's a that's an amazing accomplishment to, for what he did and built. Um, and, and like you said, then he then he then then you know he was, he had probably the biggest struggle with a number one cigar, where you know. He couldn't keep up production and the quality, you know, and, and it became a problem. And, you know, and he, you know, he he fell on his sword with that. Yeah, it was an unbelievable move, right? When you think about it, um, you know, even even in retrospect, right? Like the the humility, um, the pressure. Um, you know, the, the acceptance, like, I mean, hubris is, is probably the one flaw in, in this industry that, that, that gets the best of people sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and, and it, it makes total sense. I mean, we're, we're, you're standing on the shoulders of generations, you know, in, in some cases, yep. right. Yep. So it's, it's, it's never easy. This, that being said, this, this industry is full yep. of humble men and women, but, pride sometimes still gets the best of even hum the humblest of men. And that could have been, that could have easily been his downfall. Um, that could have easily been the legacy that we remember. Like we could be talking about that coop. Yep. Like, Oh, well, Alec Bradley built a, you know, a fantastic, uh, um, a fantastic part, uh, you know, fantastic company. Um, and, but uh, coop, give me just two seconds. Uh, yep. I'll finish this. That was my son. He was no asking problem. me. He was asking me what my favorite part of the day was. Um, oh, that's nice. Uh, but we could have easily been talking about um, that instead of what we are talking about, which is he pulled himself up by his bootstraps again. Yep. And and said we messed up, 
I messed up. He said I, not we. There was no I. He I said I. Up. He said I very, up. very clear. He, he took the yeah. blame on that. I messed up and not I'm, Ralph. He, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fix it. Yep. And he did. Yeah. And he did. Yep. He did. So, I mean, hats, hats off. Hats off I, to a great career. How, worthy of the Hall of Fame title. Yep. Bear, I remember when we were at the 2018 trade show. Yeah, Bill Paley's booth. Well, yeah, Bill Paley's booth. <laughs> but I think the last day of the show, like, and, and I, you went out on your own, right? And did some mm-hmm. stuff. I walk in. I don't think you were with me when I walked into the Alec Bradley booth. I wasn't. Okay. And originally I saw Eddie Ortega hanging out there or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm kind of just looking and snapping some pictures. And this, this guy comes up to me with a mustache and beard, younger guy. He goes, hey, are you Cigar Coop? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm like, well, thanks very much. I go, uh, your name? And he goes, Bradley Rubin. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and You didn't clock the name tag, Coop? Jeez, amateur hour, man. I, I didn't. Okay. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't, right? I didn't look down at the name tag, right? He might not have had the name tag on him, fairness, okay? <sighs> and it was a big moment for me because, to be honest, we really hadn't cracked the Alec Bradley booze uh, for a long time, right? Um we when Clay Roberts was there for a short time, I think we made a little progress, but it, it, we made some progress. And I'll never forget, uh, we put the boys on. We, Aaron Loomis, and I did the first interview with Alec and Bradley, and we're very proud of that. I was in England when that interview, yes. and um, Great yeah, there were issues with the connection that day. Uh, and I'm doing this show at like four in the morning with these guys, right? Uh, but wow, it was just. When the when I talked to like coming out of that interview, I'm like, these guys are the real deal. These are not just like coming in here. These are real cigar fans here. You know, they, they know their stuff. And um, look what's happened. The boys then create this whole other era for the company the last five years. And they've done an amazing job. Mm-hmm. They have. Uh, and they've given they've given the company a coat of paint that they didn't have before. Um. And, you know, the other guy, you know, this guy, I think very highly of him is John Lipson. I mean, John Lipson mm-hmm. coming in as the director of marketing has done as good a marketing job as I have seen Alec Bradley do. Right. And, and I'm going to give you an example of that. Right. Um, Magic Toast. Right. Oh, we're going to announce a new cigar at the trade show. We're going to put a teaser out there. I'm like, that's teaser shit. Right. <laughs> He puts this magic toast out there, and I think a lot of you know he knocks this thing out of the park. He did, he had a plan to launch that cigar, and he did a great job. And, that cigar is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's probably the most underrated hit that they have had. I, I, like where it was just like, wow, wow, well, yeah. It was a much needed hit for them because, to be honest with you. They had some misses in the middle of the 2010s. Um, Mundial came out, right? Remember the racist Cubanas cigar? Yes. That was a great cigar, by the way. It technically wasn't theirs. They were distributing it, but that was a great cigar. They had the Sanctum. They had the Post Embargo. Coil, which was a great cigar. But these cigars didn't really take take off. I know Mundial had, had fans in us, right? And it did. Probably Mundial was the last one they had before. Magic Toast pretty much gave them a monster hit. And the other cigar, I'm going to be honest with you, and you know, is Kintsugi. 
Kintsugi was a huge hit for the boys. Mm-hmm. It, it was funny because I, I said it's my least favorite of the three Alec Bradleys, Alec and Bradleys. But Kintsugi, without a doubt, was their biggest hit. I mean, it's just in a lot that, of ways, yeah. In a lot I, of ways, I think it. I think, I, I think the reason why is it is it um, it had the it had the panache uh, and the the signature, if you will, of the boys. But it paid homage to the roots of what Alec Bradley had built. I think it's a I good th- way to put it. I think it's a really accurate way to put that. Yeah. And you know, regardless of what, and I think, I think, I think in a vacuum, Coop. I think you can look back at it. I'm not trying to tell you how to think, but in a vacuum, you can look back and say, like, I think the reason why it didn't hit for you. I don't think you think it's a bad cigar. No, that it that it even hits your palate. It's back. like an 88, think, 89. That's not a bad cigar at all. I think it's what I think you were expecting. I think you were expecting another step away from the status the, the so blind faith and gatekeeper right yeah blind okay. blind faith and the yeah. gatekeeper really kind of broke the the alec bradley mold and it looked like the boys with alec and bradley were going to go this different direction and then they kind of come back to their roots a little bit and it was you know for you i think it was you know not disappointing but it was not what you were expecting if that's fair uh, yeah i mean it, it, but i think the way you just phrased it was it kind of was a little more because I always said, hey, this is more of an Alec Bradley cigar than an Alec and Bradley cigar. But in a lot of ways, I can see that project the way you kind of said that, you know, it pays homage to that. And and I can see it's can look, it can the boys have done a great job of connecting with their audience. Right. And that cigar really can. I mean, cigar media was all over that cigar and cigar media hasn't been too kind to Alec Bradley over the years. You know, I, I could argue that probably was the most successful cigar media. Uh, and cigar. I, I thought it had a shot at the consensus that year. I thought it was going to definitely be top top 10. And I was right. Yeah, I think. Um, I told the boys, you're getting a top 10 of consensus. They thought I was nuts. I said, no, I'm telling you guys this. I, th- I think that. Um, I think the, the, bo- the boys did a really good job of and and jonathan lipson deserves a lot of credit too i think they did a really good job of of exploring the frontier of online media because i just don't think i don't think i don't think that alan and maybe the old guard of ralph and and the folks before the the folks before them i don't think that they i'm i I don't think they were being dismissive of online media they didn't understand it they didn't i don't think they yeah i think there was a lack of understanding there and you know, um, and to be fair, again, they were trying to rebuild in a lot of ways with the the Prince Otto rebuild. They're trying to take this into the new direction. You know, like Alan talked about in my interview with them, I didn't really realize this at the time. You know, he was probably knee deep in a bunch of lawsuits. He talked about how Anweiser Anheuser Bush came after him. You know, he talked about how he had to actually go after doers for the live true thing. Like I forgot about those things. Yeah, yeah until you yeah. said that. Now. So like, he, he did say that. So anyway. like, I'm pretty. You know, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that that was fucking time consuming. <laughs> so, um, um, and trying to run a company and trying to you know build, develop, you know, R and D, all that stuff, and you know, uh, so I think I, I think that 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 has a lot to do with it. Um, 
but I think once they, once the eyes were open and the world was opened up to them, I think they, they realized like, wow, like it, you know, we really can make, we can make a different kind uh, of impact yeah. by, you know, building relationships in this arena. And they yeah. did, they did it successfully. We weren't yeah. the only ones. No, I know. You know, when we, we did for many years, uh, it came over from Stogie Geeks, the debonair ideal segment, right? It was our lifestyle segment. And Phil gave us a great run with that. He he kept that segment for like five years. I mean, great run with that. Um, actually, almost six years. Almost six years. And when that came to an, an end, the first people I called were, I called Lipson. I said, John, we have this segment, Live True. And he's like, we're in. I mean, it was like, and it was just, and they, and, you know, that Live True segment, it's four years. We've had that now for four years with them. So, um. You know, I just love that expression. I just thought that expression was like perfect for for that segment on on Thursday night. Um, and they gave us some of the best commercial reads ever, right? So, yes, uh, yeah. So yes. I mean, they've been great supporter. And look, I haven't always been kind to their cigars either. I mean, I haven't. I there's some cigars I did not give good reviews to. Like, um, they got a number one this year, but I could tell you, there's other cigars I probably wasn't as kind to on. So. Um, you know, I wasn't as big on the Kintsugi, right? So you I know. bet you love the Texas Lancero, though, didn't you? I didn't review it, right? But I did love the Texas. Justin, do not get rid of the Texas Lancero. I, he can't. Justin, if you get rid of the Texas Lancero, you're gonna you're gonna have to answer them. I'm gonna be worse than Ben. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny how we go to Justin, like, and we blame him for everything. <laughs> Even he, I don't yeah. know. In fairness, I want to be. A, I don't know if Justin's going to have these again. We kid. well, they're under his. They're under his. I mean, he, he is forged. You know, they are. It's a forged product now. I'm not sure how much. Yeah, but I think he's also like business development too. Um, but I'll tell you what. I asked Justin in in Nicaragua about this story, and another. You want to talk about another good poker player? Justin's another good poker player. So uh, <laughs> Justin likes his job. He Except I asked him. Play. I asked him. He couldn't tell me, obviously. I mean, no. And and, and look, um, it you know, like I said, these these things are, you know, there's seventy two million dollars at stake here. I can totally understand. Um, but but you know, I'm sad because it is the end of the Ruben era. But I'm ex- I'm, I'm look. I'm not one to ready to say that General is going to trash this brand. I'm not ready to do that, right? I want to, I, because I, I, I know there's good people in general, and STG. I mean, Justin, Chris Tarr, you know, who's Justin's boss. We had that dinner with him. Great I guy. came at that 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 dinner as the biggest Chris Tarr fanboy in the world, right? I had this list of things I was going to go into Chris Tarr with and give him an earful, right? And I and I I said all these things, and and Chris Tarr had a way of like he gave me his view of the world here, and I'm like. This guy knows what he's doing. Like, yeah. like, like, who am I to criticize this now? Because he knows what he's doing, this guy. So um, I'm not ready to say that. Um, well, I'm it was not- really it was really kind of I mean, as much as you could probably say that he, he might have been playing to the audience a little bit, I think. But I, I but I, I believe him to be sincere. That I believe him to be my, sincere, too. Yes, I agree. My, my biggest my biggest takeaway from it was and I really appreciated it, um, considering who who of my media colleagues were at the table. I mean, some pretty renowned and hard reviewers, you know, we had, you know, Loomis there and McTavish and, you know, you, and like you said, you haven't always been kind to some 
of their cigars too as well in addition and he was like i love it when our reviews get trashed because he's like that he's yeah. like who, who what do you think i say to our manufacturers yeah well look they fucking hated it so yeah. fix it you no know? yeah i mean it was a really on in fact chris and aaron went to i think they went out to aaron i think chris, aaron took him out to where he works or something like that the week after um which was interesting. And, you know, the other thing is interesting is that when I wrote my article about the 59 STG releases and I said they had no hits, Justin showed it to Chris and, and, and you know, he said, Chris, listen to it. You know, we go because it's true. They came out 59 releases and none of them stuck to the wall last year. Right. In my in my view. But I think a lot of other people agreed with that. So I don't want to get too off topic, but I, I don't will like tell you that, you. I, I will tell you this, though, um, that. The, the Buffalo Trace uh, Serie F is underrated. That cigar's good. It, it is. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I it's have a, I have, really I have fucking bizarre, it but it's good. I got I to gotta smoke the F. I've smoked the first one. So the I original's good, too. Like, it's it's solid. Like, it's yeah. it's good. It's like, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. I genuinely enjoyed yeah. the first one. But the Serie F was fucking good. But Chris recognized to us, like, he was talking to me about those projects. He said, you know what? We need to do something with the barrel aging. And he was talking about that with Cohiba, and he was talking about that with that. And the F is the one that they did barrel aging with. Uh, so, again, um, I know we're a little off topic, but I think my point is there's a guy, this team knows what they're doing. Like, uh, they know what they're doing. Um, and we kid Justin about a lot of stuff. But, and yes, they last year maybe was an off year for them, but they've also done, look what Justin did with Diesel. Again, you look at what he did with Diesel, taking mm-hmm. a catalog brand and making a brick and mortar brand like overnight. Mm-hmm. Great job. Great job by him, right? So I have some confidence that and I'm hoping that, you know, I don't know what the role is. I don't want to speculate what the boys are gonna do, but I'm hoping that I think they can really I think they can do a great job there. I, I really do. I think I think it'll be per- I think they'd be great uh working on the brand development end of things. Well, you know. Hits or misses. The one thing that you can argue about what STG has done in the last few months, too, uh, last couple of years, too, is, you know, again, you can say that things have missed and everything, but they're not shy about getting creative. And that's, no. I mean, that is creative is the Ruben boys. The, the, that's what yeah. they do. Yep. And that's what they're good at. Yeah. I mean, one of the cigars that you had tonight, the Bubble Broadleaf. Um, I can say, I think confidently that was one of our team's top cigars at the show. We, we all really liked that. We were all looking forward oh, yeah. to it. Yeah, it was great. And you know, it was, that was it a Bradley great. and that was a, I heard Alan even say it was a Bradley project. Yeah. And honestly, I, after coming out of that interview, right. That you did, I said, you know what? I swear. I think Bradley was trying to do something in that. Not that he was trying to do a Tatawahe. But he wanted a cigar in that Tatawahe mantra, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But they put their own spin on it because it's a totally different cigar. It's not doesn't. But I, I can see what they were trying. And again, it kind of got them out of the comfort zone a bit, you know. Broad, broadleaf, Honduran grown broadleaf, you know. Great at a great cigar. Yeah, a great cigar. Um, this Mundial is fucking fantastic, by the way. I mean, it was tough for me. I was the second choice would have been the double broadleaf. Um, nothing against the Alec and Bradley cigars, but um, legendary cigars. But you know, the Mundial. Uh, I mean, the, it holds the age so good that cigar. 
Yes, it really does. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I just yeah. burned myself. <laughs> so why don't we do this, Bear? Um let's we I know we're gonna do some stuff for the we'll talk a little more about the future, I think, in a bit. Um so just so folks know, uh Tobacco RSA, I don't have the prize pack again this time. So it will be a web contest again. So uh, pay attention. Yeah, so yeah, to the, read, the, read cigar coop. Yeah, please, please. And, and, and folks, <laughs> yeah, please like put the comments, your entry on the page that I tell you to put it on. <laughs> uh, I had some like I had some contest entries from the last contest on the photo. I look, it's I'm not checking the photo, guys. I run. I have a tool now that pulls the comments and the hashtag with the hashtag. So it's unforgiving. All right. And I have to do it like that because. It's impossible to go through those Facebook comments one by one. So I have a tool that does it. And if the tool doesn't pick it up, you're out. So, um, yeah, so just keep that in mind. Um, so let's get into Mount Rushmore, Bear, um, yes. if you're right. So the concept that we – and I said this is the fifth installment we've done. Uh, we start off with Drew Estate. Then we went to Rocky Patel. Then we went to Davidoff. And then we went to E.P. Carrego. So now we're at Alec Bradley tonight. And the idea is we pick four cigars that we, for whatever reason, we think stand out. We put them on Mount Rushmore. We map it. Bear came up with the concept of mapping it to the president. Now, I bring farted on something today. Are we doing Vitolas or no? I have Vitolas listed. You don't have to. Okay. Um. It could remember okay. we've kind of we've kind of over the over the four exercises so far thus far we've kind of put our own we have our own I mean we have our criteria but we have our own individual criteria as okay. well which I think which I think will be okay interesting for this particular one okay so I'm gonna say let's do the Vitola we're gonna keep it consistent because okay. I did pick Vitola on this one and um, we'll we'll kind of and I'm just wondering again if um. If this comes out, um, how this is going to come out tonight? I'm just really curious. Um, so, Bear, I'm going to give you the honors of kicking you, kicking, uh, kicking you, letting you kick this off. Um, and tell me, um, you know, start with your first pick, whichever president or whichever one you want to do. Uh, I mean, we. I think uh, we need to. I think we need to, I mean, I'm going to go in order. So I think that's, that's kind of, um, I think that's just kind of the, the way to do it. So, um, so we'll start with Washington. You're saying, mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. Uh, I will go in, when I say in order, we're going to go in order from left to right on Mount Rushmore. So that would yeah, be yeah, that's what I mean. yep. Washington, Jefferson, uh, Theodore Roosevelt and, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Uh, Cool. All right. So, um, I, I think what's I think what's really interesting about George Washington, uh, in a lot of ways, is um, is he's you know he's the father of our country, and he's painted as this this very um, 
I, I mean, very, very iconic man in our history, right? And and so when you when you put someone like that, he's the first president. He was the general of the uh, of the Continental Army that 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 gained our independence from Great Britain, right? So like there there's a mystique to George Washington that I think is, uh, you know, very obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the one of I, I've I've read three biographies on the man. Um, I've written a paper. I wrote a paper on him in college, um, that, uh, that was published by a newsletter, um, by the way, uh, shout out to myself. Um, but, uh, the, the, the thing about George Washington, it was that he was a very, like, well, he has this mystique about him. Like he was far from perfect. Um, he actually had a losing record during the revolutionary war he was by far the by far from the most successful commander in the revolutionary war uh you could argue actually that the traitor himself benedict arnold was a better was a better field commander if you you know if we ever want to have that discussion that'll be another time right right um but um he um even by you know even by late 1700 standards even though he had, he was he was a larger man so he had that he you know he was six foot three six foot four so he was kind of a giant you know in his own right um there there was a mystique about him so like i think it overshadowed a lot of his flaws you know his teeth were terrible um he wasn't the most attractive of men no he wasn't he had um, that, that like mop top hair and um you know he um <laughs> uh but he was but he was loved by he was loved by the people right and i think you know it it's very apparent why this would be the george washington spot on the alec bradley mount mush war because we had a great discussion earlier tonight about you know about how alan the figurehead of alec bradley is a you know a man of great importance and significance in this industry but he's far from perfect and he's admitted very publicly that he's not right so how can anything but the george washington post on the alec bradley mount rushmore be anything but the alec bradley prinsado churchill which was the number one cigar of the year which was the one that created all this controversy and it ended up coming back and is still by far probably the cigar that holds probably still to this day probably holds the greatest mystique in their portfolio um and um and so that's my george washington pick uh, pick is the alec bradley prince Otto churchill you're on mute cube rookie move uh, rookie move because i was coughing i had to hit the cough button um i didn't see that one coming for washington that's interesting but but no i mean the history of that cigar and the mystique i i, I buy in all the reasons you're saying there was another one that actually came close to it, and we we'll get to that in a little bit here. But for that could have also been an obvious choice for it. But yep, I went with uh, I went with the Alec Bradley Prince Otto Churchill for the George Washington spot. Okay, I mean, I, I, I and I think you know we've talked we talked about that cigar quite a bit, um, and um, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's a definitely you know I I can't argue that that pick and that president at all so no great job um 
he, you know, like I said, he was the first to get a, you know, that that got him a number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just say this: that Prince, I put a Prince Otto review out, like back when I well, see this was back when I was a rookie doing this stuff. Like I reviewed the Prince Otto the week after <laughs> after the got the number one. Right? It's still one of the most read reviews in the history of Cigar Coop. Even though the review like was, it wasn't probably the the my favorite size that. Uh, but like I said, it it um it it that's the one that put Alan Rubin on the. It, that's the that's the cigar that I think put Alan Rubin over the top. I want to say. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So I went a little different. Do you okay. Go back to the you go back to the roots. Here we go. I went back and I said. You know, George Washington is the father of this country. And the thing is this. Probably, I I don't think Prensado would have not happened if it wasn't for this other cigar. And this was the big breakout cigar for Alan Rubin. I think it put him, it established his nation as a cigar maker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the Tempest. And and I actually went with the Tempest. Um... It is the it is the Medius six, excuse me, the Medius, yeah, the Medius six, which is the Toro, the six by fifty two. So Tempest was the cigar that was the. I mean, there was uh, he had a following with Occidental. I, I, I get it, right? Um, I'm not gonna go bogey stogies. You know, he had he was going on with Trilogy, but but Tempest was the one that broke broke him into I think the fraternity and and I think every year since Tempest got on the aficionado list they've been just every year on the list but yeah that Tempest the original natural that they did um I actually have a an offshoot I'm gonna smoke next to Nicaragua um but no I think I think it was that 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 Tempest is the one that did it um and Really, it was the one that had that Alec Bradley formula, you know, Honduran tobaccos for wrapper binder filler uh, with Nicaraguan tobacco mixed in with the filler as well. I mean, just but but I, I think that was the one that um, to me was the father of the Alec Bradley country. So that's kind of why I went with the Tempest. Good pick. Yeah, I mean, these are great. These are two. We just talked about what I would say are the two foundational cigars of Alec Bradley. Yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be that one or another one, which I'll I'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, yep. If it doesn't end up on uh, either one of our other of, of our Rushmore's, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious how this is going to go. Actually, um, I said Jay Davis got all mine right. Nice. Uh, and then I I have in my mind what I guessed for you. Okay, but we are moving to Thomas Jefferson. This was my hardest coup. I actually had three cigars in the running, and I'll tell my two, my other two at the okay. end. And I settled, I settled on this one in particular. You know, Thomas Jefferson was Thomas Jefferson did everything to the greatest extent, right? He. Uh, really maximized his you know his potential in a lot of ways he he has in over the span of three years from 1791 to 1793 i think he filed something like over 60 patents yep you know um he 
invented a clock that still is functioning and it resides in Monticello. Uh huh. That tells the time, the day. Um, it the time it has the calendar, the time, the day, the um. I think it also does the moon cycles. Like it's pretty pretty cool. Um, in fact, he drilled a hole in the bottom of the floor so that the uh basically the extension of the clock, you know. Uh, this kind of not ball and chain, but this mechanism can go through actually through into the floor so that it can have room and come back up through to the clock. Uh, so it's, it's actually really cool. It's a clan. It's a, it's not a grandfather clock. It's a hanging clock, but it's still functioning, still works uh, to this day. I'm sure it receives maintenance, but that's pretty awesome. That something created in the late 1700s is still functioning in its fullest capacity, which is pretty cool. When you think about, you know, how many watches people go through today, even really expensive ones. Um, um, don't mean to digress too much, but no, no, he was, he was an inventor and he was a man of vision and um, in a lot of ways he was before his time, you know, um, and he was always on this this quest and thirst for knowledge. And I, I have to imagine that if if Thomas Jefferson was around in the, 19, the middle of the 1900s, what he would have thought of the space race, you know. And, um, you know, I think him and JFK would have had a hoot together, man. I think that would have been a really cool, fun conversation. Oh, between okay. presidents. There we go. So, um, so I think. This was a really, this was my hardest one, um, which means I left two off, essentially off the Mount Rushmore. Um, but this is my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, right. This and is I no think wrong what, answers here. What I think, what I think the cigar signified was the endless capacity of where cigars could go. And you could argue to the great beyond. So, how can I not select for my Thomas Jefferson cigar? The Alec Bradley Mundial Punta number four. Great cigar. Great cigar. Um, and you know what's interesting, Bear? And I think I've told this story. I know the guy who had to go out into the desert and retrieve the, the space. Yes, pack. you have. I love that story. It's yeah. fucking great. The guy was telling me the story. It's this guy, Yanni. Who knows how many, like, Mob grave sites. This guy tripped over to get. To I mean, and look, this guy risked rattlesnakes and stuff like that. I mean, this thing landed in the middle of the, the like the Mojave Desert extension or something. Uh, and this guy has to go out. And now the question I have for Alan Rubin is, is he going to light one of those cigars? Like I, and I'm assuming he's keeping this. I, I'm assuming that that did not go in with the seventy two and a half million dollars. So I'm if, sure that if that I was, was if if I was Alan Rubin, I would have had that in a clause somewhere, like that he was keeping that, that he's keeping that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I would. Yeah. With all respect, with all respect to Justin and Chris Tarr right. and Regis and all the great folks at STG, if you if he didn't get that in the contract. Give it back to the man. Yeah, give it back to the man. Let him have that. And it was so, like I was at that trade show. This was a big story. Like them launching, they were up on the. They, they remember we were at the Palms. Um, we had that yeah. Solaris Teton's party. That's where they they were on that roof and they launched that thing up into space. It was. It, I wasn't actually there for the launch, but it was a big. Everyone was talking about that. Um, that whole week. Right, uh, and so. And so here's my here's my logic for it too. I don't know. Was this the one that you and Jay were talking about? No. Oh, interesting. No, it, okay. It wasn't. So uh, and we'll get to it like at the end of 
So, okay. yeah, I don't want to say what was on or off. So, yeah, but we'll talk about at the end what what Jay what Jay was uh, saying. Um. So the. Well, you could say bear like why? Why is this amount Rushmore cigars is a cigar that's not even on the market anymore. It's been discontinued. I think if I think if Alec Bradley has taught us anything, um, and if the presidents have taught us anything in history, is that 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 flawed, deeply flawed individuals can achieve greatness. And I'm not saying that the I mean the Rubens aren't perfect, but that's not what I'm saying with by saying that. I'm saying this cigar was imperfect because for whatever reason it didn't capture the broader audience that it did when it captured mine and yours, for example, right? But I think what it I think what it signifies, its release in, in specifically, what it what it signified was that, you know, we're just getting started in a lot of ways. And I think with our, our victory over the FDA last summer, I think taught us too is that this is a unrelenting industry that will you know fight for its for its right to exist and and will do carry the torch and legacy of of generations past but moving on to the the greater and grander future is that really philosophical and a lot of hyperbole yes it is but i don't care we're talking about mount rushmore so there should be some grandiose with what we're talking about and i think that's what the mundial signif- signifies so that's you know that's that's my pick for i Jefferson. mean there's, there's no doubt i know that that's one of your all-time Alec. i mean look i picked it you picked it tonight yeah he was the quintessential revolutionary man. He wrote the declarations of independence. It's, I mean, by far the greatest, it's by far the greatest document in American history. And it was, it's very, it was its very first and not just be, yes, the significance of it for sure. But the, the writing is so perfect. If you yeah. ever, if you ever, like, if you ever like, and I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of discourse about the state of our nation right now, Coop, and I'm not going to get political, but if you ever want to just re be re-inspired about what it means to be an American, read that document again, read it closely, read it carefully. And it's, it's perfect. Yep. So Moon DL, Thomas Jefferson. Nice pick. Nice pick. Okay, so I, I'm going with Jefferson, right? Yes, sir. All right. So I looked at Jefferson as the innovator. All right. Um, he wore a lot of different hats: politician, inventor, um, farmer. Right. A lot, a lot of different things. He, he Declaration of Independence, Patriot. And I, I said, all right, I got to go with something innovative. And in 2011, uh, Alec Bradley um, launched a cigar that um, really has become a staple for every year. And it's a limited cigar. And, and I'm talking about the fine and rare. So I'm, I'm, I won't like drag it out. Um, and the fine and rare, 10 different tobaccos, finding a way to get these 10 different tobaccos to work coming up with different permutations of the fine and rare every year, uh, whether it's different tobaccos, different vintages, different sizes. And, and I got to say, the fine and rare has just been, I mean, I remember when the first set of the fine and rares came out there in 2011. Uh, it was 
it was a cigar you had to hunt down. They were hard to mm. get those. I, I actually hunted them down and, and I found them in Georgia. And I happened to be in a store that had them. And uh, I have been a big fan of this line. But obviously, the cigar I'm picking, uh, the one that got number one on its coupe this year. There you it, go. It's the BC 134 EV, uh, which was Cigar D. I had to pick that one. Now, if I had not picked Vitolas, I would have said the fine and rare as a line. But we are picking Vitolas, and I have to pick the one that I think is the, the best. Greatest the yeah, greatest one. The greatest one. I haven't smoked them all. I, I've, I confess that to Alan during my there's interview. There's two I haven't, I haven't smoked. smoked. Yeah, there's two I haven't smoked. It's the, it's the best one of the ones I've smoked. And, and, it's, not, and it's not even close. The uh, I if I had to say my 2012 was my third favorite, the box press was my second favorite, the 19, and then this one technically is the 21. That was my favorite. I think it's the best cigar Alec Bradley ever did. Uh, just like Jefferson is one of the great presidents this country has had. So to me, it was it was a no brainer. I had to put this cigar on Mount Rushmore. I was trying not to do a limited, but I, there was no way I could avoid bumping this cigar up Mount Rushmore. And we'll talk about like what didn't make it on mine and yours, I think, at the end. But um there was no way I could bump this cigar. Yeah. Um so it, it's it's a limited, but you know, here, you know, one thing that I felt is is it's a limited release, but the line and I hope the line continues with with uh, the new era. I, I'd hate to see this release go away. Uh it's just and I think I think this would be a perfect cigar for SDG to keep. Because of the package, they could do some. Look, STG is incredible with packaging. It's and true. The sky's the limit. And look, they have tobaccos now. From what I understand, the cigars are continuing to make the cigars at the same factories. So I don't think things are changing, at least now. So, yeah. Finally, BC thirteen four EV, which I'm very proud, started showing up on lists. Uh, it actually showed up on your list as an honorable mention, which was a good honorable mention i'll say thank you uh, <laughs> but then it showed up on my list the next day is number one then it shows up on the half wheel list then it shows up on the developing pallets list and i think there was one other list that showed up on after that that's, so, that, that's good that's good company Coop. i i look i felt that i felt because it hadn't showed up until the first time it showed up was on your i'm like thank goodness bear had the you know and i knew you wouldn't have got, i knew it would be an honorable mention because it's limited so i it was like you know so yeah, it was uh yeah, this has gotta be on Mount Rushmore for me. There's, there's no way I could, uh I would have smoked it tonight, but I think I mentioned I need those cigars for cigar of the decade. Uh so I had put some away for now. So um they, I needed those for the decade one. So um I haven't been able to get more of them yet. So I have you know, so in that box there was a a, a torpedo uh with a with a tweaked blend of the it's of that cigar. I am reviewing that torpedo coming up. So that was oh, very cool. Yep. Very yep, cool. Yep. Uh, I won't give anything away on that yet. So I, uh, so I will tell you that this, that your cigar was in the running for the slot too, for me. Okay. Uh, uh, it makes sense. I think this would be the slot you put it in. I, well, you kind of have to, because, you know, when you think about, uh, when you think about Jefferson, in comparison to the other three men on, on Mount Rushmore, there was something very, uh, there was something very fine and rare about him. Um, True. Yeah. That, I meant know, to say that as like, well. Yes. He was like, one so, of a kind. Yeah. He, like, so Washington was, you know, he was a little rough around the edges, right? Um, he was a military man, you know, 
you know, gruff exterior, you know, rugged, you know, a, a frontier type, right? Yeah. And the same argument could be made about Lincoln, right? Um, in a lot of ways. Um, in a lot of ways, Lincoln was a revolutionary too, just like Jefferson Washington. Um, Roosevelt was more in the, akin to Washington as well. So those three have a lot more comparisons, which is really interesting when you think about because Jefferson and Washington were contemporaries, right? They were they were of the same era. Um, they had the same mission. A lot of ways they had the same politics. Yep. Um, they were from the same state. But I, I think when you talk about these four, you can't, there's, I don't think you can, Roosevelt might be the other argument, but I don't think you can, can. I don't think you can say there's two people further from from each other than Washington and Jefferson. When you talk about contemporary times, like so, it, he he was a gentleman, um, and you know, you know, in stark contrast to Washington, who I think again was a little bit more of a frontier type, right? Um, but and he was just a rare specimen of a person, you know, and it, again, deeply flawed as well. You know, I, I think that's the thing that we, when we talk about these, that we do these shows, we, we, we mentioned these four men with such reverence and they were certainly flawed <laughs> by, by, by a lot of stretches and, and history has taught us some, some deeply, deeply, deep, deep flaws within these, within these people. But, um, but at the same time, the, the, um, the place that they hold in history um, is, is, you know, without, without any equal. Um, that being said, Coop, before we go on to the next two presidents, we've had this discussion before, but I think it's worth bringing up just one more time. Cause I think it's an interesting discussion because to some time has passed since the first time we talked about it. I think we, I believe we talked about it on, on the Drew estate, perhaps the Rocky Patel one. If there was a, if there was a fifth spot on the mountain, Is do you think is I I think I still I your pick before I believe is Ronald Reagan Ronald Reagan yeah um do you still do you, I mean is Ronald Reagan still your pick for the yeah. for the fifth yeah, spot on yeah Irish yeah it, it is Ronald Reagan um and I think I gave a lot of the reasons you know uh, again let's not get political here uh but you know there were things that like i went into that presidency i was still afraid of nuclear war you came out of that and you felt a lot more comfortable with things like that um so you know there was a you know that whole well we got to brought that new patriotism back at the time yeah um you know it was a lot of things you know so i i stand with ronald reagan on that one and again i'm not getting into the politics of ronald reagan or anything like that yeah and not not to get not yeah. to get political. You know yeah. who's an interesting I was thinking about this the other day, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up again. You know who's an interesting pick for this? Again, not to talk politics about it, but you know who's an interesting pick for that spot too is Barack Obama. Well, yeah, and I know people have a polarizing opinion about Barack Obama. Well, he's also he's also a contemporary of our time, right? He's still yeah. skewed, but he's still yeah, skewed I, I, by modern viewpoint. Right? Yeah, yeah. I but, know, but I can't argue that either. Um, again, but, I'm not getting into his politics here. So, so let's take the time away. If we in, in, in 20 years from his presidency, 30 years from his presidency, you know, it'll be interesting to look back on his presidency and and the the weight that he holds with history. Certainly, in a hundred years, it'll be vastly more significant than it is today. Right. 
It will be looked at very different because by then the politics will have had uh, time would have people aren't going to remember the politics. Well, the politics will be away from it, but also you'll look at it more from a uh, more from Histor- a thirty a th- historical significance. Right, right, exactly, point, exactly, right? exactly. So that's why I think that that he's an interesting candidate yeah. for that spot. Yeah. I, I'm a Ronald Reagan fan too. I think yeah. I, I I think we said that. I, yeah. Franklin Franklin Roosevelt's another one. JFK. Yep. But I. I think JFK would have been. I, it would have been interesting to see a second term. Um, I think oh, he, he was. Yeah. I think he was much maligned because of you know the assassination and everything like that. And I think this country holds a, a, a romanticism about him still. Yeah. Uh, to this they, day. Yep. Um, but I, 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 no less significant was the was the the political and historical impact that he had on this country too. So it would, yeah. I think it would have been another four years would yeah. have been interesting. Yeah, I, think, exactly. I think he wins that election in a walk. Yeah. 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 In 60, I think that election in 64 is a walk for him. It, it, yeah. He would have, he would. I mean, that's how Johnson, uh, Johnson went up against a very strong candidate, Barry Goldwater. Um, but I think Johnson was carrying that over at the time. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then it came apart for Johnson towards in that second term. Vietnam just just undid Johnson. Uh, but most people like when they rate effectiveness of presidents. Um, and effectiveness is how they've kind of passed laws and things like that. Like Johnson is considered very high up. Like he's ranked of, as a very high president. Well, people yeah, I mean, the, the Civil Rights Act. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's man. what I'm saying. There's things that they look at the now. Spa- the space rate, the continuation of the space, space race. race. Yeah. Yeah. It, unfortunately, Vietnam undid him. Vietnam undid him. That was the problem. Vietnam was the if there was. Yeah, it'd be different. We'd be looking at Johnson very differently if it wasn't for Vietnam. Well, in the ironic part, the successor, right? Him who successfully got out of Vietnam is is is. Is looked at in history as, as you know, well, look one at, of the worst, worst presidents is Nixon, you know, because of, you know, because of his. His, you know, the, the Watergate scandal, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then if Nixon- Watergate doesn't happen. I mean, look, Nixon. I don't care what. Like, if take Watergate out of human history, which I mean, that's huge. But take Watergate out of human history, right? So Nixon won re-election, right? So he would have been president for eight years, right? Yep. And he accomplished a great deal in his first term. It's much. It's probably you know. It's probably conceivable to say that he would have accomplished more in his second term. This state, this country, still would have looked at him with disdain. Nobody liked him. Yeah, like Watergate's just was just an excuse, like to not like him. You, you know, you look at like history, right? Let's say that Nixon didn't resign. You can make an argument that, like, let's say Watergate didn't happen. Let's let's. You can make an argument that Ford, but Ford may have not even been in office, so there would be no Ford, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's no Watergate, right? So, I wonder if Reagan would have became president in '76. Is kind of where I'm going with that, and we so wouldn't have had Jimmy Carter either. Yeah, that's what I'm just kind of saying. We wouldn't have Jimmy Carter either. So I'm just kind in of a lot of ways this country would have been better. If Carter hadn't been president. But Carter reinvented himself, much like Nixon did later in there as at states. No, no, absolutely. No, I no the the post presidential. No one, no one has, no one has done better outside the White House, post White House, than Jimmy Carter. Well, no one had more. Nobody. Time. Well, no one's had more time. Yes, yeah. but I mean, 
time notwithstanding, no yeah. one has done more with that office post presidency than Jimmy Carter. But Clinton and and Bush Senior up there. I th- I think they I th- I, I yeah. think they I think the office was good to them, and I think they they yeah they, I put Bush Senior up there too. I think they've done. I think they did well. I think Bush Senior and the yeah. or George Herbert Walker Bush I think did well with his time. Um, yeah. I um, but for the good of humanity, Jimmy Carter has has been a blessing, right? You know, post presidency. Yep. And uh, you know, he it's probably looking like he's not going to be with us too much longer. I mean, I think everyone's hoping to get to a hundred, you know, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know, Jay Davis argues about William Howard Taft, which is which is actually a really great argument. It's a very he, good argument because he so, they're different. Yeah, he became um, which is the well, job they he, say he always wanted. It, it was the job he wanted. His wife wanted him to be president, so he became president. We talked about this on Sunday, actually, with Howard Gums. So, right. but anyway, it was so, yeah. No, nice little was, nice little break, nice little breakup. I just wanted so, to bring that. Topic so why don't we up. why don't we kind of just before we get to the next two, why don't we just kind of continue the president's theme because we, we got on that okay. uh, this way. We don't have to go, you know, plus I think it's time and it's that time um, where we do presidential trivia, our president's segment. And uh, as always, the president's uh, segment is sponsored by our friends at United Cigars. United We Smoke. Uh, brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Diana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, Red Anchor, and a highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, Bandolero, and now the Alfonso. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. So in this segment, uh, we have done, Bear's got a record of 14-2. and two. Um, He's only missed two questions, and he'll appeal those two questions, I know. I'll appeal, uh, I appealed one. You appealed the, one. The, yeah. The, the, the Christmas, the Christmas tree one. I still, I'm, still one he, I'm a little raw about the, the words you heard. I missed. I missed. I, I look back on it and I missed it. I missed uh, it. So, okay. I, and I, I, yeah. And, but there's, but again, there's no, like I said, the, the idea is not to trick bear, but I throw the kitchen sink at him with these questions because he's really good. Right. And tonight is, uh, it's a simple question, but a hard question. It's a straightforward, the thing is, it's a straightforward question. There have been 46 presidents, right? Yes. Two presidents were born on the same date. Not the same year, but that same date. You know, so date we're meaning like January 1st, right? It's not January 1st, right? So there are two presidents that were born on the same date. But the year, I will tell you the years are different with both of these. Who were the two presidents? And you know, I have interesting. if you need a hint, I'll give you a hint, though. You know what's interesting about this question? There actually are presidents that share the same birth year. Yes, there are presidents that share the same birth year. Which I know those really well. Yeah. We've actually talked about quite a few yeah. of them in the last few minutes. Yeah. Um same date. Same I know date. this. I know that I know this. I know this question. Fuck. I, I know this. I know the answer to this question. I just can't remember the day. I will give you the day if you want the date. No, no, I want to guess the date. Okay. Because I, I, I think I know it. Okay. I know the two presidents. I know the two presidents. I'm pretty sure I know the two presidents. Okay. Uh, 
it should be it should be James K. Polk and Warren Harding. Warren G. Harding. Final answer? I, I know that's the answer. That is. Yes, that is the answer. Yes. Uh, Bear, you have gone to 15 and 2. That is correct. That okay. is correct. So, Bear, yes, in, in two presents we've talked about, I think, on this show before. James yeah. K. Polk and Warren Harding. Yeah. Warren Harding was the one you got wrong. It was, the, was the one I got wrong, yeah. If yeah. you got that one, um, Bear gets the one right. That was a tough question, guys. Was it like, November? They were born in November, right? Wow, even, yes, yes. Okay, okay. I'm, oh, God damn it. Back to myself in a corner now. I know this. 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 Okay. I knew the presidents. Um, November. First half of the month or second half? First Can you half. Help me out? First, First half. half of the month. Okay. Yep. This is bonus. This is a bonus question at this point. Oh, why is the third sticking out to me? God damn it. I don't think that's right, though. I shouldn't have said the first. I should have just guessed the number. The third is sticking out. That's not right, though. I think it's it's the second. Maybe it's the second. Is it the second? It's the second or the third. It's not the third. Fuck it. I'm wrong. It's the second. Is it? It's the third. Is it the third? It's the second. I'm saying the second. Second is final answer. Second. You got it. Shit. Oh, damn. Good good one, Bear. Oh, job. Good job with that one. Oh, really man. good job. Really good job with that one. That was a tough question. Um, believe me. Uh, I, rem- I, I remember I remember because I went back and I read a lot about Warren G. Harding after I missed that question. So yeah. I, rem- I remember I remember his birthday being November. And I remember that he shared the same birthday as Polk. Yep. It's a, that was a tough one. But wow. it's amazing that, you know, we have had two presidents and they had the same birthday, you know. Right. Uh, and it's and here's the other thing is it's kind of ironic because we have elections sometimes on November 2nd. That's true. It, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so it's the, kind of an interesting one. I don't You think I would know this, right? I don't know if either one of them was elected on their birthday. That'd I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't, well, I should say I don't know. That would be I did not prep for that. So we've talked about this, right? So this, this these are the ones I know, right? This this they uh so so there's 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 three sets of presidents that share the same birth year. And the most recent of one was 1946. Donald Trump and Bill Clinton. Yep. George W. all born in 1946. Wow. I, I forgot about George W. I knew I knew Donald and 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 Bubba. Yeah. Yeah. Um Nixon and his successor, thirteen, Ford. nineteen thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I knew that one. And I think it was eleven. People, I knew, it was nineteen eleven. I remember that. And two presidents who couldn't be further from each other politically. They were also contemporaries too. Yeah, uh, two presidents that could not have been further away from themselves politically. Everything, just the type of men they were. Yep. Everything. Uh, Mr. John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson were born in 1767. Good one, yep. So. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Very, good, very good job. Very, very good job. 
we've only had one president born post world not not post not post world war post Korean War. Yes, the, uh, Obama. Nineteen sixty-one. Yeah, Obama. Obama. Yeah, yeah. So Isn't that crazy? A, yeah. It is. Yeah. Good job there. That's crazy. We're in 2023 and we haven't had a, we haven't, we've only had one president born post Korean war. It's crazy. Yep. yep. And, and he's already, and he's already 60, he's going to be 62 this year. So you think about that. Obama's already getting close to senior citizens. And you yeah. Know, yeah. Well, and uh, well, we were talking about JFK earlier. JFK was the first president born in the 1900s. Yeah, you're right. And he was young when he got elected. He was. Too. Yeah, he, he was the was he the youngest or second youngest? Uh second youngest. Yeah, Teddy was the youngest. Yes, still is. Yep. But it was like beat, they were both beat, Yeah, he beat Clinton and Obama and JFK. He's still the youngest. Yep. I don't know if we'll ever have anyone younger. It'll be close. Yeah, it will be close. I mean, I don't know if it will be in our lifetime. It could be. Our boy, our boy Rubio was had a good shot, but now he's older. Yeah. Yep. Uh, nice question. Yep. Good job, Bear. Good job. That was a tough one. 15 out of 17 of these Bear has gotten right. So give this guy some credit, man. He uh, He knows his stuff. And that is our president segment. Sponsored by United Cigars. We could argue this whole show is a president segment. Yeah. Tonight. So, uh, so let's get back to Mount Rushmore. And we were just talking about one of those presidents, and that's Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, Teddy. Bull Moose. The Bull Moose Party, man. Yep. The er, the original the original rebel, dude. The original rebel. Yep. The original rebel. I think I think he was like you know what. What what Andrew Jackson was to the American politics in the early 1800s, like yeah, that was yeah. Teddy Roosevelt in the early 1900s, right? Yeah, I mean, there's two presidents that I would love to have met. It was Teddy Roosevelt and Ulysses S. Grant. Um, God, yeah. To me, I've always Grant was always the most intriguing president of my of of, of to me. Um, and he, you know, he was a big cigar guy, big yes. cigar guy. And he's depicted as it every and everything, but he was very, uh, but yeah, his stories, Grant's story, I don't want to digress too much, is very interesting. Like how even before he became the commander of the Union Army, this yeah. guy had his, he, he had like failure after failure. He had, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of ways the the Civil War really changed the course of his his, his personal. Oh, history. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, very similar to Washington. Um, very similar. You know, yeah, you're right. That's a fair. You know, that's a fair one as well. Um, you know, I talked about Washington's failures as a commander, but I mean, he won the one that mattered. He won Yorktown, baby. That's all that matters. You know, you know, I, I, <laughs> he, I, could, I, he could have gone winless until then. It didn't matter. <laughs> you know, and I, I wonder if um, Lincoln wasn't assassinated, if, if Grant, I think he still would have become president. Uh, I think he would have. I think he would have ran in 68. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think he still would have. I think that wouldn't have changed. I don't think that would have changed either. If there was no civil war, different story, though. 
there's no yes. civil war, I don't think we would be talking about Ulysses S. Grant. Well, if there was no civil war, the Republican Party wouldn't have had the run that it did. Yep. There was only one Democratic elected to the Oval Office uh, from Lincoln until, you know, Wilson. Uh, Rutherford? Yeah, Rutherford yeah. B. Hayes. Yeah. Who's also a civil war general. Yep. For what it's worth. Yep. Um, Garfield was a civil war general. Do you know how young Garfield was when he was in the civil war? Like, that's stupid. Look back at that. He was like in his t- early 20s, man. Yeah, he was a young president. He was a younger yeah. president, too. And he was a younger president, too. And he was a young commander in the, in the civil war, which is just nuts. Yep. Um, crazy. Um, this is why I, I, dude, I love, I love the presidents, man. Yep. They're just, yep. they're just fascinating individuals. Yeah. So, so, uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first with Teddy? I'll go first. Um, so, so in a lot of, okay. So in a lot of ways, Teddy broke the mold, right? Uh, he, you know, he didn't, he never, he never did the status quo in his entire life. You know, he was a very sickly child. Uh, overcome overcame a lot of adversity and um and you know in a lot of ways you know he held the key to his own success right you know it was always he was a very much a bootstraps guy it's probably why i like him so much um and um it's why i like presidents so much is a lot of them are self-made people so it's it's um you know it's 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 he's a really great person in human history and, and and I think this cigar that that really best aligns with Teddy in a lot of ways was a breaking of the mold, so to speak, and and be with a new generation. Again, he was the youngest president, so this is in time of the history of Alec Bradley, where we introduce the boys, right? Alec and Re- uh, Alec and Bradley, Reuben, right? So, um, and they they burst on the scene with blind faith, and they they break the mold with that one. And no, that's not my pick. Um, but they take it a step further with their second iteration, which is the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper breaks a lot of molds and does a lot of things. Grain gains incredibly fast critical acclaim. Um, and to me, the gatekeeper and Teddy Roosevelt go hand in hand um, because um it, they're just they're just perfectly in sync so my my teddy roosevelt pick is the gatekeeper specifically the corona which was on my top 10 list and it was also the cigar that made the cigar aficionado top 10 but i think it was the the opening of the new era the official opening of the new era because you could argue blind faith but really the gatekeeper signified hey this is new. This is something here to stay. This is a new direction that we're going as a country for Teddy, as a company for Alec Bradley. And that is my pick for Teddy Roosevelt, the gatekeeper Corona. So this is where Jay and I were talking. Jay made the point about putting one of the boy cigars on Mount Rushmore. And I think we were, we were thinking possibly we another cigar and I don't want to give anything away yet on that, but um, he made that point. I mean, how you know you can't argue what the boys did ushering in that era, and mm-hmm. and because at first I'm like if he picks I'm like but but I think we were thinking Kintsugi like so I don't want to spoil anything yet but we but that Jay kind of put that in my head so I'm not surprised by your pick. Yeah, I I I think I think in a lot of ways Kintsugi is probably the the more interesting project what it signifies the the gluing together of the fabric you know right 
to, to mix metaphors a little bit. Um, and it, it was certainly in consideration. But I thought what, what the gatekeeper held over blind faith and what it held over Kintsugi was that it was that complete offshoot. It was that complete segue divergence from what had been their status quo. In a lot of ways, Teddy was like that too, right? We had been going on this tracked post-Civil War, the, you know, the, the the rebuilding of the South. And, you know, again, we talked about this run of Republican presidents and Teddy was a Republican too. So it's not like, you know, it's not like he was different. He was like this Democrat that burst onto the scene or something like that. He wasn't, but he was different, man. He was a different breed. He was a different breed of man. And he was, if you still look back all the way, if you go, if you start with, if you start with our current president, President Biden, and you go all the way back, Teddy really, really is the, really broke the mold, man. He really did. Like he, he shape shifted the presidency into this, this, this thing that it wasn't before. And it, and it very much was after him, you know? Oh, I mean, you look at again, post-presidency, Bull Moose. I mean, Progressive Party and how he became the first really modern-day third party. I don't want to say he was the first third-party candidate because that's not true. But he was that first modern-day third-party well, candidate. Here's my, here's my last argument about Gatekeeper, right, and how the boys belong on Mount Rushmore is because the boys – again, we talked about – I just asked on my keyboard. Right, Coop, you're killing you're killing my monologue here. Sorry um, about that. Um, <laughs> but a lot of ways the boys signify this this the voice that they were the voice of the people, man. Not that not that Alan sat in an ivory tower all by himself or anything like that. Far from it. But the boys were the 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 connection to humanity. They were the they were the people's they were the people's representation in Alec Bradley, and that's what Teddy was. He was a man of the people, the trust buster, dude. Yeah. You know, I I will say this. I was with you in 2019 when we were at the Palms at the Alec Bradley party and you got that cigar. And you fell mm-hmm. in love with that cigar that night. Yeah, I mean, Bear fell in love with that cigar that night. He's like this thing. I, I knew it was going to be on his list that year. I mean, it was it was a big hit for you. I just remember that. So I, I I guess I'm not surprised either that's a Mount Rushmore cigar for you. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic. And they even changed they even changed manufacturers too. So and it's still great. Still fucking fantastic. I can't wait I can't wait to smoke the uh the um what do you call it? The diamond. The diamond. But oh god, it's gonna be sick. I'm it's real so gonna good. be yeah, and now it's gonna be pressed. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm excited about that. And at least that cigar we know is coming out, so But that's this, but I, this, I figured if you were gonna go with the boys, I figured it would be Teddy. That I did figure that one. How could it not be? Yeah. This Mundial is fucking money. I just moved on to the Tempest Nicaragua. Fantastic too. Underrated. Okay. I went different with Teddy. Um I always was fascinated, you know, first of all, I know, remember we were talking about presidents who were traveling abroad and stuff like that? Yes. So Teddy, correct me if I'm wrong, Teddy was the first president to leave the U.S., right? Yeah, Panama, Panama, yeah. And he went to Panama. 
And you know, he had a lot to do with the Panama Canal. And, you know, I think Panama, you know, I, I always, you know, I associate Teddy with, with Panama. Um, and I also associate Teddy with the Rough Riders in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, that's kind of where I went with my Teddy pick is I looked at, at both of those countries, right? But in particular, there's a brand uh, that Alec Bradley has that has Panamanian tobacco. Mm-hmm. And if you think about how cigars come from, when you have to get a cigar yep. from Cuba, how Pave, do you get that cigar? Yeah, it pays, it pays homage to, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And the cigar I picked was, the and it's a monster hit for these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the black market, and I went with the one that they got the top 10 on this year, the Churchill, which I do like that size a lot. The number one cigar. It was the number, it's their number one cigar. There's number, number one, one cigar. That cigar, I mean, that's a cigar that's 11 years old, guys, and it's still, and, and I know it got a lot of blowback about making the cigar for tonight, but you know what? That's a, still a very good cigar, and it stayed very consistent over the years. I know it's maybe not everyone's favorite, but you know what? You can't argue. That Alec Bradley, that was that monster. I mean, we talked about Tempest and Prensado. This is their core line that's been the biggest monster hit. It has spawned um, other other offshoots of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a black market Esteli, the Filthy Hooligan, the Shamrock, the Illicit, which was a TAA cigar. But it's that core black market with the Panamanian tobacco. Um, but again, how do you get Cuban cigars? Through the black market, right? So that's why I kind of went with Teddy Roosevelt with this one. Kind of those two things, the Panamanian tobacco and the fact that it's called Black Market. And, you know, he was in what Cuba. Size? What size? Churchill. Churchill. Yeah, good call. I went with the Churchill. The Churchill's a really good size. And that was an audible, by the way. Uh, probably I wouldn't have picked the Churchill last year. I might have picked the Gordo with that, the 60. Uh, but the Churchill was really good. I actually went back and, and got one of those. Uh, at, when it got the rating. And I'm like, it was smoking really good, guy. If you haven't smoked a Black Market Churchill... Give that. I know Aaron and Seth are going to get. Aaron and Seth are going to get mad at me saying because I get that they 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 call me out in the developing palettes reviews about wrong sizes, right? I'm telling you that black market Churchill smoked great. I'm telling you it smoked great, and I just couldn't leave black market off with the success they've had with that and the story I could tie it with Teddy Roosevelt, and certainly you tied it with Teddy Roosevelt too. So I'm not dismissing what you have, but I went Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, black market Churchill, as my Teddy Roosevelt pick for Mount Rushmore. Yeah, great pick, man. Great pick. I love the tie-in, man. Seem it's it's kind of uh, in retrospect, it's a very obvious pick. I like it. I like it. So Tempest. I have uh, Tempest, fine and rare, uh, the 2021 cigar of the year, or 2022 cigar of the year, the 2021 edition, and the black market. You have the Prensado, Churchill, Churchill. the Mundial number four, Mundial number four, and the uh, Gatekeeper Corona. We have not had one cigar in common. I was worried we'd have all four cigars maybe in common this year. I, so maybe three to four. I took three to four. We would still, have still one left. So. Still one left. You never know. Yeah. And it's Abraham Lincoln. I love I love all four of these presidents. These are by far my favorite. By far. Oh, my they're all. This, 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 you could just do so Link, many angles. 
There's no Lincoln, wrong answers with this, by the way. Yeah, Lincoln. Lincoln's my favorite president. I've said that before in episodes past. He's he's my favorite president. Always will be my favorite president. No one will ever take the place of Lincoln. Teddy is the second. Always Jefferson is third. Washington's fourth. That is that is that's my that's, that's the fair official. Order. It's the official bear ranking yeah. Of, yeah. of of my presidents. Um, and but you know when I think about Abraham Lincoln, there's there's a lot. There, well, first of all, there's a lot to consider about the man. Um, you know what? It's interesting. You know, uh, I, I, I have you seen? I know you're not a big film guy. Have you seen the film Lincoln? Daniel Day Lewis plays. Yes. Lincoln. By the way, Daniel Day Lewis to me, the best actor of my generation. It's hard, I, it's hard the, to argue that. It's hard. My to favorite. Argue that. By the way, my favorite Daniel Day Lewis movie is The Boxer. To me, that's. I, I just I watch that movie all the time. It was because the Barry. Mc, it was kind of based on the Barry McGuigan story. Mm-hmm. The whole bringing Northern Ireland and Ireland to get just he was epic in that movie. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge sure. Daniel Day Lewis fan, and I think that he was spectacular in that role. Yeah, I I the, the Crucible still like one of his own most underrated yep. performances. Last yeah. my left foot is a great movie too. My left foot's good. The um um there will be blood. Um, the the, the film the, is in the name of the yeah the father the, yeah. In the 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 film itself is always is is um is not very popular. It's probably people's least favorite Scorsese film, but no one can argue with Daniel Day Lewis's performance in Gangs of New York. Bill the Butcher is yeah, so another one. There's another. One. I mean, th- this guy good. is the greatest actor of our generation, in my opinion, oh. the greatest actor of my generation. Oh, love and I'm a movie guy, but I mean, I put him up there. I put him on the actor's Mount Rushmore. If we ever do an act, that's a good one to do on maybe, but sometimes we just change gears. We do an actor's Mount Rushmore, but yeah. We might have the same ones. Uh, I don't so, know if we would, yeah. It's an, yeah, it's interesting. I have one I know you won't have. That's why. Hmm. Maybe. Um, no way. Yeah, I might, I'll I bet you there's, there's one that you'll just like, because it's just not your generation. <laughs> that's why. That's the only reason why. I'm, I'm, a stu- I'm a student of film, though, man. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you say James Cagney, I'm going to drop kick in the next week. <laughs> uh, so you know, anyway, take into consideration Lincoln. So uh, there's he's known for so much. So Lincoln, I bring up the the movie Lincoln because it's it's a, it's about it centers around uh, around the the historical the historical uh, significance and and movement and the enactment of the uh, the Thirteenth Amendment, which is anti slavery, right? Yep. The the predecessor to this amendment, of course, was Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which was mm-hmm. the freeing yeah. of the slaves. Right? Yep. It was so. It's important to recognize this in in historical context because the Emancipation Proclamation was in 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 modern day terms or in the school book scenario is painting Lincoln as this 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 here this champion of 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 black black America, right? And 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 he certainly he certainly is. You can you can have that discussion in context right. with the Emancipation Proclamation and the Thirteenth Amendment. However, if we look at it, if we look at the Emancipation Proclamation for what it was, it was a it was a it was a war measure that, uh, strictly speaking, Coop um, does not translate well to 2023, and it doesn't translate well into legal precedent for the time. Um, you know, he's. Lincoln suspended habeas corpus, which was deemed later by the Supreme Court as unconstitutional. Right. The Emancipation Proclamation by freeing the slaves, he was he he was acknowledging 
uh, it wasn't a freeing of people as what it's kind of outlined as. It was more of an anti-war measure of a of a, a uh, uh, of <laughs> this is kind of hard to say in 2023 of basically taking the property of 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 a conquered people because that's what the South viewed them as viewed slaves as was was property right. right which is you know awful to say but that's what that's what it was viewed as and that's that's the that's the way that the Emancipation Proclamation was written it was a war measure right um you know the motives of the motives of which are you know still hotly contested and debated and everything but i mean just that doesn't still i don't care about the all that he still freed the slaves with the emancipation proclamation and it doesn't really matter the context for me personally but i'm not black so i can't really have that discussion um but um the the bending, the twisting, and the breaking of the law that Lincoln did while he was in the office at the time, and you could talk about right and wrong all you want, but at the time, he he broke a lot of laws, and he did it because he felt he used the weight of the office to do everything that he possibly could to achieve what he what was his ultimate goal was the reunification of the union and, and the freeing of a people and the the abolition of slavery um so in that context right so we this might seem a little bit on the nose when you kind of think about it but i look at it from a legal like a legal argument a legal standpoint so when you look at alec bradley and you say well have they done anything illegal no but that's the whole concept behind this very fun project which you very much talked about uh in your previous selection with teddy and that's why my lincoln cigar is also the black market churchill oh wow Uh, because i think it signifies um again yeah a breaking of the mold but also a way of bringing to light what was always right again if i can be very grandiose about this but this is mount rushmore so we can do this right so um that's why the black market churchill is my is my fourth uh my fourth pick for mount rushmore for alec bradley and is my abraham lincoln cigar can't argue that's a mount rushmore cigar i mean it's just again the success they've had with that and the story i mean that's a you put another angle than i did but but yeah Shall we do? Shall we have one cigar at least in common? Yeah, we have one at least in common. I thought you would have Black Market on that too. Um, but I was, but I was wondering where you would put it because I thought for sure if you went with the boys, um, it would be Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, I, I kind of figured that. So Lincoln was a great president, Bear. Uh, and if you go and. When you look at rankings of the all-time greatest presidents, Lincoln is one or two for the most yes. part, right? Yeah, and most lists, yeah. He's considered one or two. Yeah. So greatness, okay. Um, I didn't put as much – this one I kind of went a little more straightforward with, right? And I looked at, you know, okay, I thought about maybe making the fine and rare this one. Uh, because again, that, but that's a personal thing. But there was one cigar that we talked about tonight that you had on Mount Rushmore that is, look, and I could say, you know, it is a greatest success uh, from a critical claim standpoint. And it's going to be so, so there's a second cigar. 
And that cigar is the Alec Browley Prensado uh, Churchill. Nice. It's got the number one. So I looked at it like that, and I think if you want to say Lincoln broke the mold, uh, he certainly broke. I mean, Alec Browley, I think, I don't know. They've It wasn't their first box press cigar. Because I think trilogy would probably count as as a box press, right? Yeah. But but you can't look. I would have picked the the Bellicoso, the Grand Bellicoso, but it was a limited. It wasn't real, and that's my favorite size. But I can't argue with that Churchill and the impact and people still the historical impact of it. Yeah. Okay. And what happened after that is a different story. You know how it, things went wrong. But when that came out, um, you know, like I said, and and look again. Um, I mentioned Al, Alan Rubin. Jay reminded me to say first, first gringo to get it, get a number one cigar. Only gringo to get a number one cigar. So, kind of look at that, and I'm like broke the mold uh, of that as well. So I put, I mean, Prensado has to be on there. So I put Prensado as my um, as my Lincoln pick. So we had, we had, we had, we ended up having a Lincoln's. It was till the end. We had we ended up having two. I thought we might have the same four. I was actually wondering about that. I uh, I love this uh, this quote from uh, Jay Davis is sharing. You know, Jay uh, Jay's a Jay's a lawyer by trade. That's yeah. his background. So, um, you know, Jay had a mentor apparently that another another uh, member of the law profession that uh, would say that Lincoln was a constitutional criminal. But the greatest president we ever had. It's a pretty uh, uh, great, pretty great description. Yeah, I mean, and when I hear, yeah, again, when we hear things about executive actions, uh, executive orders, excuse me, and stuff, you know, you got to remember, goes back a long way. So just, there's a lot, a lot of things that happened that presidents have done. So, yeah, uh, but I'm not gonna get political. Uh, you're just saying, but you're right. We we that part about Lincoln and history kind of gets forgotten about until unless you really dive into the presidency, uh, the history of this presidency. Well, the the it's it's interesting. Like again, like we talked about, like where where does the his significance of Barack Obama land a hundred years from now? And it's going to be much different than today I, because he's still a contemporary of our time, and he's 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 judged and critiqued by modern viewpoint. You know, yeah, for for better or worse, that's what he is. And so, like, it's still very very much new. But yep. in a hundred years from now, no one's no one's no one's going to no one's going to look at that. No one's going to even care. No one's going to even care that he was a Democrat in a hundred years. Really? It gets forgotten about. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, it definitely gets forgotten about, uh, but it won't be till after we're, I'm gone. Yeah. Um, won't be till after I, I'm gone. I thought you might go Kintsugi with this one too. Because so, of the whole bringing things together. Yeah. Another obvious choice. So, so I'll tell you some of the ones that got left off the list. Yeah. And I'll tell you uh, some of mine too, that why, why they were left off. Uh, Kintsugi was left off. Uh, it, I just couldn't put two of the boy cigars on there. It just didn't make sense to me. Right. Um, I agree. Once, and I figured, but I figured you may go Kintsugi with with Roosevelt. So yeah, I had the fine and rare uh, fourteen EV. I had your cigar also in the running, and it was in that. It was also in that Jefferson spot. So um, that was another one that I considered. Um, yep. My. <sighs> Again, since I was looking at it from a Vitola perspective, and regardless of the greatness of that cigar, to me, in the, in the the weighted history of what Alec Bradley will be in the cigar industry, it's going to be unfortunate because of its limited stature. Is only it's going to be a it's going to be a blip. 
Yeah. And that's that's incredibly unfair. No, I know. And I, I get it, too. I get it, too. You know, it's incredibly unfair when you're talking about a cigar of that stature and how and how incredibly good it is. Um, yeah. The other one, the other one that I had, too, was you talked about the way you talked about Tempest. And I thought you were going to go this way because I was thinking this way. I when I think of Balak Bradley being put on the map, it was put on the map by the Max. It's a fair. That's a fair argument. This was the one that got the got the got placed on the aficionado. I, Max was definitely one I was looking at too. Yeah, and um, Max didn't hold the longevity though that Tempest did. That was probably why I went with it. But they still they still exist today. They, they still, still exist today. But I think Tempest. I think yeah, but Tempest is still a. Uh, I, I get it. I I could see that totally. I agree with you though. Like I think Tempest is the is the Tempest is the by far the better performer. Yeah. And Tempest is by far the superior cigar. So, like, how can you argue for the Max when right. the Tempest is a better cigar? Yeah. So, so I th- again, that's why I couldn't really go with the Max either. I had the Max. I had the Max in the running for George Washington. Yep. So, I ultimately went Prince Otto there. Yeah. Fine no- and rare, but I ultimately went Mundial. Yeah. I had Kintsugi, but I ultimately went Gatekeeper. I, I picked my cigars first, and then I mapped them to the presidents. That's right. what I did. I picked four cigars and then I mapped them to the presidents. Oh, now there were a couple that I would have put on there that they they were these. And I hate saying these honorable mention, but I think they're they're important. So one, I love this line. It just to me, it didn't get the the legs enough to be a Mount Rushmore cigar, and that's Coil. See, I oh god, the Coil I, is such said, a I love polarizing, the, polarizing brand for it's me. Polar, I know, but the Lancero is really good in that. Yes, I, I think it's the best side. Yes, Matt Booth turned me on that cigar. It is. It is. It's not only the best side. It is the size. Yep. I, 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 I honestly don't like that blend in any other size but the Lancero, but but, but the petite Lancero. Like the Robusto is not bad. The Robusto is not bad either. But I would agree the Lancero is the again, best side. Not when you talk about not bad versus great coupe. There's a very very large yeah. distinction between the two um yeah. god coil such a polarizing topic for me uh because <laughs> uh, i think in one regard it's like one of the finest cigars that they've made and by and and by all other stretches the rest of its lineup is way is towards the bottom for yeah. myself personally yeah if mundial wasn't discontinued it would have made it it was hard that's the reason hard. why i I didn't do it, um, and I probably would have, if Johnson was, if Lyndon Johnson, we were mapping something to Lyndon Johnson, I would have went with that one, <laughs> right, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the only, Mundial was the one I left off because it was discontinued, um, not, and again, I kind of looked at, again, longevity and success of it, and you can argue what the definition of success is, that I get it, but, because it's a great cigar, there's, there's no, I, told you to smoke that tonight right yeah. um but yeah that was the one that it missed if it, if it was still in the market today i think i would have found a way to get it might have knocked tempest off right somehow and then i would have mapped the presence different but uh but yeah so that one was another one uh that was on it and then this one i just couldn't put on because it was too new is the double broadleaf yeah, I mean, we might talk about the double broadly for the STG era, you know. We may talk about the double. If we did this 10 years later, we may talk about double broadleaf 
Uh, I mean, but that was another, yeah, that was the other one. It just, it was too new. I haven't reviewed it yet. Right. But it was just too new. But you know, who knows? We may be talking about that cigar for years to come. There's no reason why we put years to come. Um, and then if I was putting an Alec and Bradley cigar, I think I would have, even though it's my least favorite of the three, I probably would have put Kintsugi in there because of the impact that that cigar made. Like I said, it really caught on. It's done. It's doing well, and this was a lot of people like it. Uh, it just wasn't up there with those top four, in my opinion. I'd love to see your uh, his. Uh, so Charlie Creekmore is in the chat, and he's been t- tuning in this whole time. So yeah, thanks, thanks Charlie. Char- Charlie made my day today. By the way, he said something very uh, made me smile today, so it was really good. So. <laughs> he he had four very different cigars. He had the Prensado, like us. Yep. But he he had Occidental. That I thought about um, Occidental. I just haven't smoked enough of those. I mean, I, shame on me, but that's a good pick. I did think about that. American and Trilogy. Trilogy is an interesting pick, right? As a concept, I think, I think, I think you have some. I I, I like that argument. But you'd have trilogy. to pick one of the trilogy. Brands. But you'd have to. But you'd have to pick yeah, one. probably the Corojo. Probably the Corojo. Yeah, for it, me, it just it just didn't rank as high on 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 the um on a, You know, the Americans are a really interesting one. Uh, very much under the radar, what they've done too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good cigar. It's a really good cigar, and that's uh, it's had some. Yeah, it's very. I think it, it's forgotten about, but it's a really good cigar. You know what's really cool by acquiring Alec Bradley? I'm assuming because he, I, I know this. He still holds the trade, or still didn't until he sold the company. He held the trademark still. Could they bring? They could bring back Bogey Stogies now. I don't think they will, but maybe they would. You know, I thought about if there was a Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> I was thinking bogey stogies for Ulysses yeah. S. Grant because, again, I talked about Alan considers it kind of a flop, right? But I think if there, wasn't a, if there wasn't a bogey stogies, um, you would not have had the success and the run that um, I, I think you had to have bogey stogies. Kind of like Chateau Real with Drew Estate. Mm-hmm. Made, well, bo- made, yeah, had bogey Ch- to get to where he was. Yeah, Chateau Real is that. Um, Rocky had it with Indian tobacco. Um, you know, Lido Gomez had a line before El- Florida Minicano. Yeah, Los Libertores. Los, yeah. So, uh, I mean, they all had predecessors before they actually burst onto the scene with what ultimately worked for them. You know, it's 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 interesting. They all. It, it's interesting that all four of them had a flop, right? I mean, Chateau Real was a. Prosciutto Real is probably the best cigar out of the four. You know, I, I still contend Chateau Real, Connecticut, smokes very much like the Sober Mesa Brulee. That's fair. Not not the same. Same kind of mold. And, and, and I got to say, Dave Garofalo put that thought in my head. I heard him say it on a show. So it's not still, my original. I got to give Dave credit on that. And he, I think he's spot on with that. I still have a box of Chateau Real. Yeah. It, 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 you know, they need to bring that one back to a state. I, 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 it's a great cigar, great cigar. See, I, I think they, I think they did. I, man, that specifically because it is a tweaked blend from everything that I've read and heard. I think they did. I think the Undercrown Shade Suprema is is Chateau Real. The the only reason why I'm not sure is because Willie did that, but Willie may have went back to Chateau Real and use that as a starting i don't know i don't want to put i don't want to assume anything but i I see what you're saying with that 
Smokes really similar. I love that Suprema, that Perfecto. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to An about that. I said, that's a great cigar. I think they need to put it in 20 count boxes, though. So they can move by. It's a great, that's a great release. But yeah, now we're, uh, you know, now I'm just kind of, I don't know what the future is going to hold there with Alec Bradley. Um, let me ask a question. Let me, let me, I'm going to throw an audible in here. And if you, if, if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. If, if you were in STJ and you had to just continue four lines. Oh, shit. Okay. Of cigars. This is different than Mount Rushmore now. Which four cigars would you say you have to keep? You only keep four. Which are going to be the four? Are they Mount Rushmore's or are they something else? No, there's something else. I think there's something else too. And I'll talk about that. Um, four. Uh-huh. I keep, I keep black market. Yep. Keep black you market. Don't, yeah. You don't chase, you don't we, change horses in midstream. Yep, um, yeah. I keep uh, Prince Otto. You got to keep Prince Otto. That's my second. Um, shit. Um, yeah, we're, we're so far two for two. Double broadleaf. Okay. And it's new and it's doing great. Um, I uh, Kintsugi. Yeah. Uh Kintsugi was my was my third one. Um also. So um and the fourth one um was Max for me. Uh I think it gives a nice value price cigar in the portfolio. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that was the one and I'd have to sacrifice Tempest on that and, and I'm keep, sacrificing fine and rare. Max, you keep Max over Project 40. Yeah. I love Project 40. Yeah, I love Project 42. Uh, I love Project 40. Um, and we, you know, I all I thought about Project 40 for for Mount Rushmore. That was another one I did think about. It was uh but you yeah. notice I said no fine and rare. I think that's a Ruben project, an Alan Ruben project. That's why. Yeah. So I think that's so so many of those like you know, he did the one dedicated to his father and everything. I think I think that's the one. I mean, it had a great run, uh, like an eleven year run. Of, I think there'll be one more fine. I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be one more fine and rare that we'll see. I think they did one already. That's why. So, no, I'm not. I have no inside info, but I thought I say I thought I heard Alan maybe in your interview say there's a fine and rare coming out. Mm. That, that's why. So that one's just so tied to Alan Rubin and Ralph Montero that I think that would be one I'd say it had a great run. Sacrifice it. Yeah. There are two questions that you had that we didn't talk about in the beginning. Yeah, I guess he was going to mention that too. Figure interesting, so I'll ask you one of them, and you can ask me the second yeah. one. Um, so the first one is: Did did the Rubens sell on top? Absolutely, absolutely, they did. Look at the last five years, the run they've had the last five years. Yeah, um, and it started. We didn't even talk about this cigar, Magic Toast. Kind of just missed it too for all of us. Yeah. But Ma- Magic Toast. We talked about it a little earlier, but Magic Toast. Uh, the boys, I think of uh, Kintsugi. This double broadleaf's doing really well. Obviously, they get a cigar of the year with fine and rare. Um, you know, they Alan got past all the problems with Prinsado, got through that. I think they definitely sold on top. 
I think they did. I think they really, I think they reached their, their zenith. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, if, if they were going to do it, I mean, I think, I think their timing was impeccable from a business perspective yeah, standpoint. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see how I said business perspective. Yeah. Just for you. Um, from I, a business perspective, <laughs> from a business perspective, yeah. uh, that one's for Joe D to watch him from the stands. Um, <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> I mean, you can't. What other time do you pick in their history? Like, like it's, there's nothing. It's, it's this is the apex mountain. It's the apex yeah. mountain. I think even two or three years ago, no. I mean, I think, and I put a lot with, and again, I'm not the biggest fan of this cigar. Kinsugi really struck a nerve in the marketplace with people. They really did. Yeah, Alec Bradley was the uh, Alec Bradley. Uh, the double broadleaf was the cherry. It was the it was the the, the crown. It, it, on we, yeah, I mean, and you know that's the one I would. I hate to say the problem is Gerald's got so many broadleafs. He's got so many broadleafs, but it's something not different. Kind, not this, not this broadleaf. No, they don't have something that, again. What I call that Tatawahi mold, not a Tatawahi. I'm not saying it's a Tatawahi, but. You know what? That that I can see. Keep if I had a substitute Max out, I'd probably put the double broadleaf in. I just went with Max is a is a is a classic line now. Uh, well, I, I I think we agree they they sold at the right time, and uh, you know they they definitely have gone out on top. I think. Yeah. Bullet yeah. point number three. Ask me. Good or bad for the cigar industry. Um, this is a tough one, right? Because you want to be positive and you want right. to think you you, you want to think about the possibilities, yeah. And you want to think about um the longevity. The, the I, I look at legacy, and I I think I think Alan Rubin cemented his legacy, right? And I like yeah. I said, he's well deserving of that Hall of Fame moniker. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if this is good for the industry. Um, I think it's incredibly good for STG. Um, is what is what's good for STG good for the industry? I don't know. I really don't. I want to say yes. I really do. Uh huh. Don't want to say no. I really don't. Right. But I think I'm leaning more towards no than I am to yes. Okay, that, that's bad. Um, I under, I understand where you're coming from, Dad. Because I <sighs> to go back to our friend Teddy Roosevelt, right? You know, like monopolies and trust, man. It's like it's, it, you know, is it is it really is it really good for for the industry? I really don't know, and I I'm leaning towards no, it's not. Just because it, when you have one person pulling the strings and one and, and and STG is by far more than one person, but if you have one entity essentially pulling the strings over a now huge portion of the industry, you know, where does that leave? Where does that leave the rest? You know, um, I think it was very good for the Rubin family um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for them. Um, I really am. Um, 
if they're happy, then I'm happy. If they're not happy, then, then that could change my answer. <laughs> but, um, but I, I just don't know if it's going to be good for the industry. I, the, the jury's still out on that. Um, I'm leaning more towards bad just because of what history has taught us, what STG has done to certain brands. Um, I, I think everyone still has a sour taste in their mouth about what happened with Tarano. But to make lemonade out of it, Coop, I, you know, could this be a lesson learned? It doesn't yep. have to be that way, right? It doesn't have to be that way. Everyone yep. thinks it will be, you know, it might be, could be. Is that fair? Definitely not. Um, the track record suggests otherwise. Cause I mean, what did they do with Royal Aju? Same thing, right? Yep. Well, that was a machine made driven thing and Balmoral's coming back. So, yeah, we know Balmoral's coming back. So that's been talked about already. Uh, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And Chris Tarr told us it was coming back. Or he hinted it was coming back. He didn't tell us. He kind of hinted. Okay. So what about before you? I, before I answer it, I want to, and I want to kind of get to that. There was a comment on, the cigar poop, cigar poop, cigar coop page Jesus. by the name of uh, his name was Mickey. He wrote a great comment. Um, and I'm not gonna read the whole comment, right? Because it's a long comment, but he had some great points in there, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he talked a lot about, and this is gonna tie with my answer in a second. He talked about like really, STG is not in the business of acquiring factories or manufacture or farms, they have this stuff already. Right. So they didn't need to go acquire a, something with a factory and a farm because they have this. They have those capabilities already. They have some great factory. I, I just visited STG Esteli. It's actually the smallest of the three factories. I've been to General Cigar Dominicana. I haven't been to uh, Hatza. So they have some great factories. And they really acquired these because of brands. They acquired this because of the brands. And I'm sure to get it, they had to acquire the company. I mean, Alan Rubin is going to do something like what Boost did, right? Um, and there was value in that to them. There was value to STG to spend the money they did. And and by the way, if you think that they didn't do like have the accountants in here doing valuations of this, right? They knew what they were doing. I mean, they know what they're doing with this stuff, right? So the thing is. Alan Rubin, for 25-plus years, built something from the ground up and a family-run business and was able to sell it for $72 million. And I think that's a great thing for the, for the industry that you can – that in our industry, a small industry, cottage industry, that you can build a brand up to that point and then sell it. And I think there's a positive message in that. So, And I think that it is good for the industry when we see that happen. What the future holds, I can't say yet, right? It's a good point. What the future holds, I can't say yet. But but to, to say it's bad is I may come back a, two years later and say it's a bad move, right? Because maybe I'll see stuff like what happened. Uh, you know, CAO, you could argue CAO, but they had success with CAO. It became one of the most successful brands on the general. Um, so I'm going to say it was good for the industry that you could take a business and build it up to that point. And 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 not have to you know not have factories and farms and still sell it for seventy two million dollars, um, and have the biggest uh, cigar company in the world. I mean, they could have 
they're you know think about it. they could have to get brands they could have went and there's easily some brands you could acquire i like, can just throw them into the portfolio right but they went after alec bradley and then i said there was value and there's clear value that their financial people saw in this so yeah. i'm saying this is good for now um but will i change my answer two or three years down there? i can't say that yet but i'm saying right now i think this is a good thing um and that God bless the Rubens for getting, you know, building a business up like that. Um, you know, I just, I'm so happy for them. Right. And if they're happy, I'm happy. And I think they are happy. I hope they stick around. Uh, I think they're too, personally, I want to be, I, I want to keep in touch with all you, these guys. And I certainly want these guys back on a show. I think it's a little too early to put, put them on the show at this point. Cause I don't want to hit them with questions on the acquisition, but, but I think, you know, down the road, I certainly want to do uh you know, kind of what I did with Charlie Tarano a few years after he sold. So, and kind of maybe we could, you know, at that point, it'd probably be good to tell some stories around it, but I think it's a little too early to do that. So I'm really happy for them. Um, and, and the other thing I, I mentioned, we talked about this, I think as a team, but we said, Alan Rubin is getting, with all due respect to SCG, Alan Rubin's getting that number one cigar plaque from, from me. Yes. So, so yeah, that will be going to Alan Rubin and the Rubens. So uh, that that because that happened, that number one happened. I just haven't had the plaque done yet. So yeah, yeah. But that's that's going to them. They earn that, and and uh, if Alan wants to put that in his drawer or whatever, that's fine. But he's getting that plaque. <laughs> and uh, hey, here's the thing. You know, uh, now Double Broglie gets cigar of the year, and Double Broglie's really good. I don't know what what's gonna happen with Alan, but we'll we'll fi- we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy for them. I, I am. I think it's a. I think this was good, but I'm going to reserve the right to change my answer in two or three years. You know, if they kill the brand, it's bad. If they, if yeah. it goes to the catalog, it's bad. So I don't want to see that happen. Uh, but it sounds like I think that I think for seventy-two million dollars, I'm not convinced they're going to throw this in the catalog just yet. Now I think the catalog drove a lot of this because again. You know, they sold a lot to the catalogs to begin with. So it's a good move for STG from that standpoint. True. You know, there was a there was a comment, a couple of people commented questioning the 25, I think it was it was a $25 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm gonna trust that STG knows what they're doing. They have top financial people looking at this stuff, right? I think they knew what they were doing. I don't think they overpaid or anything like that. I think they knew what they were doing. And I'm not a business, I'm not a business expert either, but I'm just saying I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah, because they also you have to factor in the 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 uh the machine that they have to put behind yeah. it too, yeah. like the the resources that they can put, drop into it to where you know it's it's not gonna be they're not gonna recover, they're not gonna cover recover their money in three years. Um, but I don't think this is a I don't think this is like a you know, if they keep everything going, I don't think I think they recover it well before like the ten year mark. Yep. yep. Interesting question from the chat, Alex Lancaster. Do they do they now lose the love that they had gotten from CA top twenty five over the years? Because good question, good good question, and I think there's a, that's a real possibility. Um, now I'll give you an ex- I'll give you some historical context. Um, um, this was not an acquisition, but. When Jose Blanco left Galarora, everything changed. For the most part, which with, mm-hmm. with, with the CA things, if you notice, everything changed. And you can't tell me Hundred Años is still not a great cigar and and shouldn't be getting on this list, 
you know, again, like we talk about cigars that get on the list every year. Hundred Años is uh, Cien Años. It's still one of the best cigars ever made. Like, and yes. it's it's a consistent cigar. You know, I would expect to see the the Cien Años making lists year after year. We don't see it anymore. So mm-hmm. I think this could have it. I think, and I think when Jose left, they, that's when things changed. So it could, it could absolutely affect it, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. If these cigars are consistent, and that's gonna be, you know, we're gonna see what happens with that. Uh, there's no reason why, you know, these cigars aren't gonna contend for years to come. But that's a great thing. We're gonna have to. We're gonna be watching that. I'm sure next year when we do the we and we will be doing a CA show next year. So um, I think that's gonna be big as we talk about. You know, there's one like that Alec Bradley slot. What happens to it? You know, Alec Bradley's been on the list every year for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's um great question. Great question. Great question, yeah. Um, great uh I think great opportunity to shift to great things are happening here. Can we do one more thing before we get to that? Well, I don't know, Coop. It's your show. No, it's our show. Uh so uh we will be at the Great Smoke this weekend. And I know you're really excited about this. And I'm excited about it too, even though I didn't want to see it happen, right? Because I love it, but Bradley's getting the mustache shaved. Yes. So we're gonna be seeing that, and I think it's a, a like Abe's like, well, you're trying to be anti. I said, no, I just I have this. I love the fact that it raised over ten thousand dollars for charity. Yes. Uh, and that's that's the winner there, right? So great, but I, you know, I hate the mustache going, but he's gonna grow it back most likely. So, oh, yeah. so I'm gonna bring this up here. There is a movement to have someone else shave. No. Nothing. So there's no way that Abe can make this happen. No. So in case you don't know, Abe wants to get Bears beer shaved. No. The answer is no. There's no amount of money that would do that. Not for charity, no. Brad Bradley Rubin's a far better man than I am. That's the best. That's the best. Way wow. Wow. Okay. That's the, that's the best. Hey, uh, I, I said I'd work on you a bit. You know. No. The answer is no. You grow it back. No. The answer is no. You be the star of the Great Smoke next year. I'm sure, I'm sure I would not be. You, you get. It. Uh, I I do not I do not hold the weight uh, that Bradley Rubin has. Hey, look, I gotta be honest with you. It's probably gonna take a lot of money, is what I said to Abe. But um, and I be honest with you, I love you. You don't have the weight that Bradley has either. So I I, I agree with you on that. I do agree with you. On that. No one's gonna care. I, well, not to the extent that they care about him. Alan Rubin write you a check to do it. <laughs> Well, writes the charity to check. <laughs> Brad, Bradley Bradley Rubin is a far better man than I am. <laughs> if there if there's a charity that it's going towards, it's going towards me. Wow. I've been asked this question before. The answer is oh, no. The charity is you. Yeah. Look, I have a charity component to my show. It's not like I wouldn't give some of the money away, but a bulk of that money is going to me if there's if there's an amount of money to be had. Yeah. No. Yep. Okay. I just figured I'd, I'd bring it up. <laughs> I'm sure Abe's going to be working you on this, just so you know. So, yeah. Abe, Abe's, a, Abe's a very convincing and. He brought man, it up on your he, show. Did he bring it up on your show, actually? I forget. No. Came, okay. Yeah, this came up, I think, afterwards. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it in passing, and I said that it, it would it would take a great amount of money. But I did say the same thing. I said Brad Brad Rubin's a far better man than I am. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I asked. 
All right. So yeah, I think we're we're at a good point to do. Great I'm looking things. forward to the conversation because that'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna come up. I know. Um, I think we're up to great things are happening here. Um, and uh, again, if, if you're looking for the contest, it's gonna be on the Coop website. Uh, we did not get the prize pack information in time. Uh, the, the little timing issue we had closing out the other contest. So no blame on tobacco. This is more on our end, but we'll get we'll get a contest out there uh, for sure. Um, the the winner of the contest, um, was Seth was Seth Ringold got it. So uh, congratulations, job, Seth. yep, congratulations to Seth. He won. I think it was the H Upman Prize Pack. Oh no, was it the Romeo? I forget which one it was. They were all blurber. He won the last one that we did. Just so you know. Uh, so congratulations to to Seth on that. Um. With that, and uh, and let me make sure I have his. Uh, um, it was. Just want to make sure of one thing. Seth Ringold, yeah. So congratulations to Seth. So, um, that's that. But now great things are happening here. Sponsored by Tobacco USA, makers of iconic brands as in Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Angie Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. So, Bear, what do you got for a story this week? Well, despite my last uh, my last uh, comments, um, I, I do have a heart for I do have a heart for charity, and and I love this segment as we talk yeah. about every week. You know, every time we do the show, I absolutely love it. Um, and I think there's a there was a fantastic story on the Good News Network, um, which is a fantastic uh, website. You guys should follow it. There's great there's great stories every day. And uh, this one was this one kind of spoke to me just because, again, it, it, it kind of it speaks to the it speaks to kindness and humanity uh, in, a, in a really real way. Um, you know, so so many times Coop, in, our, in in this world today, like, you know, especially when we see people when you see people on the street, they there's this this connotation that kind of goes with it. And there's also skepticism. Right. You know, like, are we throwing our money away? Are we giving money to their, you know their their habits and addictions uh you know just so many things can fly through your head you know and and sometimes it's just a simple act of kindness and uh there's a particular woman who went above and beyond uh with this week's story and uh so a so this woman struck up struck up this was in ontario okay and uh struck up a conversation with a homeless man she never imagined that it would change his life forever so after it became clear that brian bannister was the gentleman was was a pretty kind soul as she had described it. Uh, Danielle McDuff, which is the woman that we talked about, she offered him a job on her farm. So Bannister was living in a shed, uh, and after he's had a pretty challenging life, pretty bad, uh, you know, trauma in his childhood. He overcame addiction. Uh, he lost his wife, um, and uh, um, actually lost two wives his first and his second wife. So he's had a lot of, a lot of struggle in his life. And, uh, McDeff, uh, offered, um, a job and she brought, uh, she brought the farm, a pair of hands that are pretty diligent at work. And as she says in this article and, and, uh, and he's incredibly good with the animals and is also great with children. So, um, this is just a really, really, really heartwarming story. Um, 
you know, when they interviewed him, he said it, the the job offer floored him. You know, it just came from the heart with her, and and he he thanks her every day for this this new lot in life, and uh, and he works on her uh, uh, works on her farm. So uh, he he gets a ride to the farm every day, and he helps make dust family uh, care for the two hundred animals that include uh, goats. Um, cows and horses, and uh, over time, the, the their friendship has grown, and the the and um, McDuff actually set up a GoFundMe page for Brian to get back on his feet, and they raised uh, ten thousand dollars Canadian, and it was able to help him get his his first shave. Speaking of shaves, haircut in two years, as well as a new phone, and uh, and she's uh, organizing some. Uh, and providing some financial support for Bannister uh, during this time of transition and stuff. And who knows, he, you know, he may still continue to work there for years to come, but I think this is a design so that he can, you know, get his life back. And it's, you know, she didn't have to do it. It's very random. You know, it, you know, they didn't have, there wasn't much of a relationship prior to it, but uh, it just very, the sort of very organic thing. And, and uh he now has a job and now is uh, back on the road to uh, to becoming a more stable person in society and, and a better person himself. So, you know, hats off to uh, hats off to the McDuff family for what they're doing for Brian Bannister. So that was a very touching story for me. Yeah, great story. That's a great story. Great story. Like it. Like it a lot. Um, just, yeah, no, I uh, have another comment on that. No, I think you get it was a, a great story uh you know just just a great uh helping people out there all right mine was uh a story that was reported i actually found this in uh nbc south florida um a uh, a man found a message in a bottle at a Pennsylvania state park dated 1973. And um, it was found by uh, a gentleman by the name of Joe Frechetta. Um, and uh, his, uh, his wife also, uh, his wife also was there when it was found. And um, basically they were, they, they saw a bottle on the ground in the park and he just assumed it was trash. Right. But I guess they looked at the bottle and there was some pieces of paper in it, right? Which which one was dated August 31st, uh, 1973. And inside there, there was a uh, a receipt. Uh, and one was a campground, a 50-year-old campground receipt for $6 uh, written to someone by the name of Bernard Moore of York, Pennsylvania. And uh, the other was a paper plate. And there was a little note on the paper plate. And it was a note to the Moore family. Um, um, actually, it was the Moore family that wrote the note, I should say. And, uh, you know, they, they just wrote a few things about their experience. The Moore family was the one who wrote the note. So Bernard Moore was the one who was at the campground. And it was his receipt. And on there, uh, basically, he talked about his experience in the well, – the note had information about the experience in the park that the Moore family had. Uh, it was just, you know, how they enjoyed the stay, and, and but the neighbors were a bit loud during the stay. 
Um, and they've shared this note and they're trying to find the more family. So they have not found the more family as of yet um, that I've seen. And this was uh, dated the end of February, but they're on a hunt to trying to find out if they could find the more family uh, during this. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that. We'll stay tuned on that. Uh, I, I did check. I didn't see anything come back since th this story came out, but I'm kind of curious. I'm intrigued by this story a lot, like, like, you know, finding this and what was the more family looking to do with this, you know, by doing this right and putting it in a box. Obviously, they wanted it to be found. It took 50 years to find it or at least 50 years where someone has actually reported on it. So uh, kind of interesting. And they have a, uh, in the article, there's a tip line that you can call. If you if you indeed are that family, the more family. So um, I thought it was cool. I just thought it was an interesting story, a positive story uh, about that. You know, I, I'm intrigued by that a lot. That's that's awesome. I love these these kind of like these treasure finding things. Yeah, or these I, like, I do too. Like they're it's just really cool. There there was another story in the Good News Network about there's a lady who actually has a company a nonprofit company where she she reunites families with things that she finds which is pretty cool yep and we've done a couple of these stories before so that's, that's really neat i really yep. love it yep no, that was good yeah so uh if if it's found you'll i'll be bringing this story back so i'm gonna be following it closely nice yep love it yep awesome two great stories uh that was how great things are happening here segment sponsored by tobacco or usa um before we get to our final, we have a couple of tidbits to wrap up the show. Uh, but we want to mention, of course, Michael's Tobacco. With just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. Uh, with two convenient locations in Euless, Texas, just a quick jump from the DFW airport, and Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member and has now made Michael's a family fair by having his son, Bob, join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, home owner, just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. And I'm looking forward to going to Texas. I'm, I'm going to go to the McAuliffe thing next year. So I'm going to visit Jay and I'm going to visit Michael. I'm going to visit you. So I'm looking forward to my Texas trip in, in September. Be good to have. It'll be good to have you here, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. I have two tidbits. Um, and one may take longer than the other. But let me start with this first one, Bear. Um, I had a big observation from TPE this year. Okay, we didn't go to TPA. And I'm not going to get into the coverage stuff because I, I was very critical of a lot of the cigar media's coverage this year. Um, and that's not to say they did a bad job or anything. It was just there were things I didn't really get that I wanted to get. And Aaron and I went through that on the Thursday show, but that's not really what I want to look at. There was something, I guess, there was something really missing from TPE this year. And I'm going to take the cigar media out of it for a second. Did you notice that, like, there was a lack of visuals outside of video? And even the videos didn't go that far. A lack of, like, booth pictures and just 
things from the trade show floor this year. It just seemed like every cigar company was almost invisible this year with this. If, if you did, you notice that, or, or is it just me? So my observation about TPE this year was it was like it was it it was like a ceremonial kind of checking of the box for me. Uh huh. Um, that's the kind of impression that I got. Like it, it, it seemed like it was well attended, right? By by a lot of cigar companies, they had booths there, they had representation there. Yep. Um, you saw a lot of people heading to Vegas, right? Your your uh, your much much cherished uh, uh, airport photos. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I want to talk but, about that but, piece. In a but you're but you're right. Um, I don't. You know, there weren't many people. Of, there weren't many pictures of people's at their booths. Uh, there wasn't really much talk while it was going on. It was, hey, we're headed there. Hey, we're leaving. And that's and then it. No, and then nothing. And it was like a nothing burger we got from these companies. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Vegas. Wow. What's the, I saw some of the expressions. We're going to kill it. Or, uh, you know, like, like I saw like the, the, when, you know, the guess, status quo, like visit us at booth, like two, two, eight, six or something like, I that. Did like see that. I did see that, but I didn't see the visuals. Yeah, I have a I have a theory bear. I'm going to give you my theory. Sure. It was too obvious and it was almost like avoided. Now, I'm going to say this. Some cigar companies admitted to because I talked to some cigar companies. Um, some cigar couple. I'm not going to name the companies because I don't want to pick on anyone here. One company said to me, we blew it. Another cigar company said, we have stuff. We didn't post it. And a third one said, actually, two, two of them said, I talked to three companies. Two said they blew it. And one said, we, 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 it's coming. I still haven't seen it yet. Uh, maybe it came out, but I haven't seen it yet. But I wonder, Bear, if the companies were deliberately low-key on TPE, given the nature of that show. I, I actually wondered that. I think I think it is obvious, Coop. I think that's I think that's incredibly. I think that's well. It was, well and you said that we're checking the box, which really resonated with me. Let's check the box. But you know what? We'll, we'll just sell our stuff and we'll, we'll do it and we'll go home. It was too obvious to me. So here, did you notice a difference between TPE presence and another event that happened over the weekend? Yes, and there were tons of pictures. And that's the other thing that I wanted to say. They couldn't wait to 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 coronate Pope Marvin. Like Pope Marvin's event, which was a great event. Like I, I, I talked to Jay. It was a great event. How many pictures did we see from Cigar Aficionado's event versus TPE? Which is TPE is still a big show. I don't care what anyone says. It's, it's, it's still a big signature event for this industry. Yeah. But you're right. that was the other observation I had. It was well, too I wasn't obvious. Even, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. That's a good point, too. I was thinking about un, uh, Underground Fest. Underground Fest had more pictures. The Underground Fest had more pictures. You're right. I mean, I saw more pictures of these. Now, and it's and it was lacking from years prior. I will say that. Yeah. Underground Fest had a lot less. Uh, it was again, it was well attended um, by some some uh, uh, marquee people and in, in companies and stuff like that. I think it's a big it was, event. It's a, it's a unique. It's a, it's a, event yeah, too. it's a very unique event. It's a big yeah. event. But even then, the pictures and everything like that were much different than and the coverage was much different than years prior. But Underground put out a ton of pictures. They put like 300 but, pictures out for me. They did a good but, job with that. Underground yes, did a good job with that. Underground does a good job with their event. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they really do. Um, yeah. But even but even that was much more like, hey, we're here, blah, blah, blah and, and uh, come on out and kind of thing like that. And TP just seemed to not really. TP was invisible. I mean, yeah. so, and look, this is uh, now. So let me go back to the cigar media piece for a second. The alternate booze. 
I know is spectacular this year or very good, right? Because I was with Raphael and he showed me pictures of the booth, right? Now, I didn't ask Raphael why he didn't put the pictures up, but he wasn't there, Raphael. He got pictures from his people there, right? But they had like a a, a, a barbershop chair there. Um, you know, that was a really kind of cool thing they had. And you know what? There was some great products. That, there were a lot. Look, I had, I think, 30-something articles on TP. I wasn't even there. There were a lot of products this year. Nothing. It was a nothing burger. Like, like the companies were more like, oh, we're going to Vegas. Let's let's go, you know, and then nothing. It was nothing from that this year. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think they wanted to be low-key on that event. I actually think that, 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 well, let's just go check the box, but let's not make a big deal about this. In ways, it took it took a step back, like by three or four years. Yeah, like, and this is where I was like, like, I thought the like, and I said this with Aaron, the the media didn't capture the vibe of this show. I um, got a I got an interesting question. Do we? Yeah. Even, I, I don't because I don't even know, but he, he was a huge supporter of it, and he and and, and publicly he has said this several times. While he he's not he has no plans to attend PCA any time in the near future, and that. That TPE is the show that he'll be at. Was Riste at TPE? No, from what I understand, no. Because I think he, he was, had a sim. I yeah. mean, this time, this time a year ago, he was. That was the. It was the show of the future, and he, I think two just, years ago. I think it was two years ago. Not this. Year. He didn't go last year either, from what I understand. It was, yeah, okay, but, but I think he. Ago. But I think he had some issues with that. Fuck the FDA thing was you know, you know, and I don't think they wanted that there. So, but there were other people that have, you know, toted this as this, uh, the show. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say one. I talked to Joe Grill. I'm like, Joe, you guys were like, this was a big, this was a big show for, for quality importers. You guys blew it. You didn't have anything from the booth. I mean, the only booth stuff I got were from the videos from the two Matts, Matt Tobacco and Matt Todd. But even those weren't like, those weren't enough. You know what I'm saying? I didn't feel say we want the do the dojo guys always did that good view of the show. And I think that they that was missing. Like like and when we go to PCA this year, there's a few things I want to when we have our meetings, I'll talk about some things that I want to do a little different this year. PCA, nothing major, right? But I want to make sure we capture the vibe of the show too. And you know, we do a lot of boost photos and everything too. So but there's other things I think we can do. But it was just to me, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand anyone who went to that show and did not show off what they were doing. Like, this is the second biggest show behind PCA. Would you say this is the second most important show? But Cigar Fashionado, they couldn't wait to put the pictures up on Cigar Fashionado. And I think there's different reasons for that, too. Um. I think there's different reasons I, why I that think, was that was more about like you know you know kissing the ring. I think you have to say yes, but it's not like it's a much different yes than it was a year ago. It was a definite different yes. Well, I, mean, I, I think so. So, so, little, so, let's, yeah. so let's 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 put this in perspective. Yeah. So la we 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 had this question twice. We've questioned ourselves twice on this, right? Yeah. Last year we were like. You came out of the. You came out of TP. We didn't attend. You came out of TP saying we've got to have a presence there. We're missing something. We're 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 losing out. We're losing ground. We we should be covering this. 
And the decision was made for another year in a row to not attend. Because this of, year. because Pro Cigar interfered. Because Pro Cigar for you, logistics for Ben and myself for Aaron. Yeah. And it just it just couldn't it couldn't work. So we, yeah. we made the decision again. And I, ben ben I don't know. I don't we should be there. Ben said we should have been there this year too. Ben made that comment like we were missing. But out. I think, but I think afterwards, I think is I don't want to speak for Ben, but my answer has certainly changed. I was on board. I just couldn't do it. Right. It was a tough thing to do. Uh, and then next, I'm telling you, next year we're gonna have to send someone next year. I mean, whether it's me or someone else, I don't know. I don't know how many weeks I'm gonna be able to get off in the first quarter next year with everything, especially if PCA moves up. Right. So that's gonna be a problem for us because we all have other jobs. And like I said, next year, the goal is I want to send like I, I think the two I'll do is Pro Cigar and PC, uh, PCA will be the ones I do, it, assuming PCA moves up. But you know what? I still covered I just still did 32 articles on the TPE. I think the only people who may have beaten me were Half Wheel. But even Half Wheel, I thought was a little down this year. I thought it was a little I mean, they do great work. I thought it was a little down year for them this year. I, I didn't feel like I got what I normally get from them out of that. You know, they did some. At least I saw some product pictures from them, and some you know reports on the wrapper binder filler and stuff. So at least I I got a sense of some things with that. I mean, I can tell you, I can yeah. There were just some companies that released stuff that they should just be beating their chest on this. Like, I'll give you a good one: the CLE boost with the Deadwood stuff this year. It seemed like a big miss. You know, like like I would have been pumping that stuff up because that's some exciting the new Deadwood stuff that they're doing. You mean Drew State? No, the Deadwood CL, there's Deadwood Tobacco in in so Deadwood is the store in South Dakota and they have the Drew Estate stuff, right? But right. CLE is distributing some other Deadwood products. Oh, cool! I missed. So that. I've already seen they and it's not a secret they've been talking about, but and they've already quietly been shipping stuff to retailers. But but I, it just seemed like that. The only I, half was maybe, you know, what, there may be an interview or two, but there wasn't enough of that where I'd be putting that stuff, plastering that stuff on every social media page about this. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a myth. I, th I think, like I said, I think it was deliberate. I think it was I, I think in the back of my mind, they, they didn't want to make a big deal about this show. I think especially some of the bigger companies. And uh, if you want to tell me I'm wrong, then, then prove me wrong next time. You know, if you're going to put your airport, don't put your airport self status up there. <laughs> Which, you know, I just, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm still, by the way, Matt took over the content. I'm still getting tagged on things. I, and you notice, I haven't answered one comment because it's not my deal anymore. So. You know, it's Matt's deal. He can do what he wants with that right now if he wants to. But, you know, but I but I think even, you know, that's his deal, what he wants to do. But I just I don't know. You just got to do something more. You know who did it? You know, I'll say another person who did a good job, though, was was the uh, Aganarsa folks. Uh, they have that new rare leaf they were showing off. They did some I think Aganarsa, they have Gill and stuff. I think they did a, a good job, Aganarsa, this year. Yeah, I'll give them. And there was some kinds that did a good job. But the one just was a mess for me. Even even you know, I, I didn't get one view of the of the uh, the boutique uh, pavilion this year. I mean, I just I didn't get any of that except for the, uh, the the two people that did interviews this year. I think there were a couple of other folks that did interviews on. And I haven't gone through every influencer thing either. But the ones I did go through, and there was some good. Again, it just 
I don't know. The, I put. I'm. I'm talking more about the companies themselves. Like, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you take advantage of the stage you're on? And I want to hear. Well, we didn't have. There were 32 new products. There was plenty of new products. I saw it. Like the year I went, Baird, it was like nine new products. It was like low. There was like over 30 this year. It's a decent amount. Um. So you know, like you know, you want to tell me 10 to 12 companies? I didn't even get that much this year. So it was disappointing. I think the companies did a bad job. This is like, you know, when you do a boot, when you invest in these booths too, I mean, why aren't you showing this stuff off? No, I agree with that. Yeah. So that's my thought on that. And last question of the night. Um, Bear, do you have any thoughts on this FDA initiative to regulate the cigar production facilities? Because I gotta, I, I've, I've kind of changed my opinion in a week on this. Um, well, I'm interested to hear more from you. Then, in that case, I, I think, um, you know, it's another. I think it's a, I think it's another stab in the dark, another shot in the dark, another, you know, another, you know, half baked idea from the FDA to try and regulate an industry that they don't understand. I think it's the same. I think it's the same dance that they've been doing the last few years. It's just repackaged now. So they're like, okay, if we can't, if we can't do this, then let's do this. It's like the slimy sales guy with the like, Oh, under here though, (laughs) under on this side of my coat, I have this, you know, it, it, it just seems like another half-baked attempt to try and regulate an industry that they that they don't understand and a move towards the anti-tobacco legislation and anti-tobacco movement that's going on in this country. Um, you know, the FDA doesn't want to take anything lying down, and that's, you know, that's certainly their prerogative. They feel like that they're, they're operating in the best interest of public health, uh, and we can scoff at that, and I often do, but it's to me it, it it's just another half-baked idea i think they're going to have uh they're going to be met with the same legal challenges and precedents that was established by um you know the judge made his decision from um from last summer so i want to just thank josh Trabarski. he he did a great job i think at pulling together a response uh, he did send it to me today i i was very much tied up with a non-cigar day um and i couldn't i haven't posted anything on coop yet i will be posting the response he did so and but there were some things pointed out to me afterwards um so i'm gonna read i'm gonna read the email that went out and then i'm gonna tell you what i think was kind of under the covers here so it says the premium cigar association has completed its initial analysis of the proposed rule for tobacco product manufacturing processes published in the Federal Register on March 10th. This nearly 300-page document contains several provisions that will affect the business of specialty tobacco retailing, both domestically in the United States and commerce internationally. Because a federal court has held that the FDA acted arbitrarily and capriciously in deeming premium cigars subject to the act, it is the PCA's position that the FDA lacks jurisdiction to apply this rule to premium cigars. The PCA will urge the uh, the agency and, if necessary, the courts to make clear that the proposed rule should not, cannot, and will not reach premium cigars. Furthermore, the proposed rule has several fundamental flaws that would inordinately harm smaller manufacturers and lead to overall market contraction that would limit the products offered on retail shelves. Um, and then there is a, and there's more, but um, that's the gist of it. Um, and then there's a, a link that takes you into a, a, the whole, a detailed breakdown of this thing, right? 
this is a dangerous rule. Okay. I, I originally kind of was talking about this with Aaron last week. And I said, well, I don't think, you know, is it really like, like if you read what the FDA wanted to do, right? Well, it's not bad. We want to make sure there's like not harmful things happening, right? But I, I always wondered if it would open Pandora's box. This could absolutely open Pandora's box from looking at and, and talking to some folks. Um, this absolutely um, is dangerous. Uh, this is, like I'll just say, it's costly. It's another way that like you said they're trying to apply a one size fits all rule. And it's another way they're trying to get to ingredients, I believe, with this. And, and Jay pointed that out to me today. Um, and what's even more scary about this bear is this the FTA, and I noticed from my from my dealing with FDA with non-cigar stuff, um, because I dealt with a lot of like clinical trial stuff, software and all that. The FDA loves this term traceability. Like traceability is like a big thing. And this could involve like tracing ingredients back to tobacco sources. And this is costly stuff. And, and, and the PCA is 100% right. This is dangerous to small factories. It's going to be costly to the bigger factories. And it absolutely will affect things. It's absolutely a dangerous thing. Um, and, uh, you know, they talk, they talk about, Josh talks about the track and trace thing. And in and, and that in the link, if you haven't gone in there, um, where this is absolutely traceability is a co- I'm just telling you, it's a costly type of thing. Um, and I know it because I've done software systems for clinical trials and I, I know what, how traceability works. And, you know, it's a very, very complex process to do traceability. Um, this is a dangerous thing. And, and, the, and I, I, I agree to I, the PCA sounds like they're going to go to the courts with this thing if they have to. Um, bad, bad news. This is, this is much worse than I thought. So, you know, I'm glad and great job by Josh, by the way, on that, um, give him credit on that. Um, the only thing is, I, I think the, the cover letter that went out should have been a little more like raised the alarm there. Um, so I would have kind of put that stuff maybe up front because people tend not to read the whole cover letter type thing. But, you know, again, Josh did an incredible and I'm, I'm not going to say Josh, Josh and his team did an incredible job. I'm assuming putting, putting a response back. So, um, dangerous stuff. And we'll, we'll be putting this on coop. Um, I, I have to go through some of this in fairness before I, I put it up, but I'll probably, you know, I'll put up the as is, um, so people can see, and I'll put some pros around it too as well. So this is dangerous bear. Very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I have concerns about it. Um, for sure. I have much more concerns than I did yesterday. After understanding and, and and like I said, the track and trace thing is absolutely nightmare. This is going to be an absolute nightmare. I think this is going to be a very long road. The FDA is going to have to get this, but I guarantee this is going to play into the lawsuit now too. Because that's where we've had them. We're not going to convince the FDA. We'll put comments because we have to, as an industry. Um, I thought CRA they did put out a response before PCA, but. Their thing was they were telling people to put comments in without guidance. They need co- people need guidance for the comments. We've talked about that a lot. You can't just have people come and leave my cigars alone here. You know. Yeah. A, yeah. Um, the other thing I'll just say, and then we, I'm sorry, monopolize is, you know, the the, I was thinking of CLE and Jerry Tobacco. Uh, they use the bear, uh, the bear processes for uh, agriculture and manufacturing. They may be a little ahead of the curve, but I guarantee you they're not 
doing this track and trace stuff that's really, really dangerous to, to do that. So I, I think even they, they, even though they may seem like they have a little bit of an advantage, that could be very, very crippling to them as well. They're, they're trying another way. They're, they're going in the back door is what they're doing here. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunate that we have to end the show on a Debbie Downer. Any other comments on that? I'm, I, you know, to just to, 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 I guess to end on a more on a, a light note of it. I think the the positive thing is that we have had a victory against this kind of thing. Yeah, we have. And there's yes, a precedent. Yeah, there, there's some precedent there, and yeah. precedent precedent has a yeah. huge place in law and, yeah. and in legal yeah. arguments. So, I think there's an incredible opportunity for the PCA and for the fight for the industry to, uh, to cite. Um, and lean on that precedence that was set last year by judge made his decision. So, um, you know, it's, it's of great concern. I uh, don't want to make too light of it, but at the same time, I feel that's the one positive thing that we can kind of lean on is that we've faced this before as an industry and we can, uh, we can, if we, if we put our, if we uh, align our, uh, you know, align our ships and everything, I think we can attack this. I think we can attack this properly. Agree. I, I mean, at least I have some confidence that you know, we there's a good legal team. We have good people like like PC, the PCA did a very good job on this, by the way, um, with their response. And they waited for it to go to the federal register, and I think there was good reason because they put a draft like before it goes to the federal register as a draft put out. But you want to make sure that draft and the and what's in the federal the federal register is really what counts. So uh, they did a very very good job of that. Um, it's a thorough response. Um, it's something everyone should be paying attention to right now in the industry. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous what could happen with this, but at least you kind of, to your point, I agree with you on that. Yeah, this is more, like I said, it, it was, it's much more than just the interest in public. And this could open, so like I said, just even that public health thing, which on the surface seems good, what they're proposing is is very costly for the industry so it's another way to try to break the industry is what this was yeah yeah so um yeah what a nightmare once again the overreach of the fda knows no bounds they just they they try to get in another way they're trying to get it you know they're trying to get in another way and this could be more dangerous than substantial equivalence by the way this could be even more costly to destroy some companies. Absolutely. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, good job at the PCA on that one. I said, I'm going to be putting this up on Coop. And uh, I just, I had a, I, you know, I had to travel the last couple of days and I was involved with other stuff. And uh, so, but yeah, that's, that's that. Hate to end it on a Debbie Downer, but at least you put the positive spin in the end. <laughs> All right. All right. We're at the end of our show here. Uh, thanks to our audience. Uh, so, Bear, I want to just before we kind of go, and um, let me just mention what on Coop, and then I want to mention something to you as well. Um, so, we'll be at the Great Smoke this weekend. There's no primetime show on Thursday. Um, on Monday on Jukebox, we're doing our annual dedication show. Um, it was very tough for me to do that dedication show this year because I it this was the one year anniversary of my dad's death. Um, but it was also a way to make me feel a lot better too. 
by doing it. Um, so that's why we, we did dedication. If you have a dedication that you didn't get into the show, you want to get a dedication, just get it to us. We'll, we'll get it in our future show. So we have that show coming on Monday. And then next Thursday, the Amendola buys are coming back to primetime. So nice. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty excited. They have a new cigar out. And uh, so that's going to be exciting on that. Um, Bear, I just want to kind of mention this on a public setting. Um, if you haven't seen Bear's interview with Ken Hamlin, you are missing out. One, you want to talk about getting an interview? That was one of the best interviews I've seen with anyone involved in the cigar business. Uh, Bear gets into a lot of things about Ken as a cigar maker and as a football player. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it's an absolute must-watch interview. Thank so, you, great job. A, a really, of, really good. Really, Ken's a great guy, by the way. I got the. He's a great saw, guy. I didn't spend a lot of time with him first of all, but you know, I, I hung with him uh, for a couple of minutes here and there. Best dressed guy at the show, <laughs> at the festival, no, no question. So, uh, and I know you got that in there, which is good. So, so great job. I just want to mention that to you as well. Uh, and then, Thank of you. course, catch the Howard G interview that you just did. Yes. Yeah. Those are the last two shows. Uh, you can always check them out on my Facebook page, Ellis Fumar, or yep. wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, yep. just like you listen to Scar Coop. Uh, don't forget, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you download, subscribe, and review Cigar Coop Primetime, Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition. It's Absolutely. on the same channel. Uh, you catch all our, our shows there. You definitely yep. want to hit the subscribe button. If you're a subscriber, do us a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps our numbers. Yep. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Yep. Um, we'll be the Great Smoke. Uh, 138 is going to be two weeks from today. Uh, we'll be doing a post game show. We'll have the whole coalition on, and we'll have Alex Tavella uh, from Smoke In. He was a big part of this of this um, Great Smoke event, and and. I've, I've really been working with Alex now for last year and a half or two years uh, on KMA. And he is absolutely um, a legitimate media guy. He knows this industry and he, he does an amazing job. And we'll get into a little of his story as well as recapping the event. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, like I said, I, I've really seen this guy just grow in his role and, and uh, I think very highly of him. So I'm excited to have him on. Uh, when I mentioned putting him on immediately, you said, "Hey, let's get him on post." So we're going to do that as well. So Perfect. looking forward That's to next that. Tuesday. That is two Tuesdays Got today. It. Yep. There's no way. There's no way. It's too tight <laughs> to get him back. Um, I'm going to be getting back Sunday night, and Monday's going to be crazy for me. So the prep for it will, won't work. So, but we're set with that. Looking forward to it. Anything else? That's all, Coop. Thank you so much. All right, great you have show. no L also this weekend, right? No, do you? no. Okay, yeah, because you'll be the great spoke. So, yeah, again, uh, thanks to our audience uh, for tuning in. Bear, thank you as well for making the time. And that's going to wrap up Primetime Special Edition 137 into the Annals of History for this Tuesday, March 14th. Now, Wednesday, March 15th on the Eastern Time Zone. We'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time.